What's your favorite scary movie? They'll never find me. Yeah, what do you care? Let them have their fun. So, uh... What's up? What's your favorite scary movie? Showgirls. Absolutely frightening. What's yours? Well, oh. <laughs> disaster like eating a burrito before sex yeah you're gonna love this one it's a scream baby hello and welcome to our season 10 premiere of that horror show podcast we are your always lovable and dashing hosts tim and chris today we'll be embarking on a sequel to an episode we did many seasons ago from season one episode nine that we recorded on november 17th 2015 with an original air date of november 22nd 2015 that episode is called well that scream franchise episode part one nine years later here comes a sequel it's been an amazing ride so far so with all that being said, the name of this episode will be That Scream Franchise Episode Part 2. And we've come full circle in another aspect. Nate, my son, who's 12, is reviewing Scream Part 2. Last season, he started his original Scream franchise watch with Part 1. So it will be covering Part 2 in Kids Corner. So, Christopher, how the hell are you? Happy New Year to everyone, by the way, as well. And thanks for listening to That Horror Show Podcast. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I, um, I it's, it's it's interesting how this is now 2024. Mm-hmm. And when did we first embark on that horror show podcast? It was January 2015. 20, 2015. 2015. Okay, we were still yeah. doing so, uh, Severpod before that. Right, right. So we've been still at this. <laughs> yeah. For and, and what have we learned, Tim? I don't know. Absolutely we nothing. I don't. I didn't learn anything. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I think. I think the only thing we still learned is as long as we, you know, turn the microphones on and hit record and, you know, show up and, you know, and pray Skype to... and Amalto works. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and know our shit. You know, I mean, I think we'll make it. But uh, yeah. At any, at any rate, no. Um, things have been fine. Uh, getting through winter. Uh, and as I'm certain, Tim, you've heard the news. Punxsutawney Phil just saw came out and didn't see his shadow i believe so yeah i guess that i guess that means spring uh, is coming spring is coming hopefully you know if you, meanwhile tom skilling <laughs> <is playing. laughs> and i was telling somebody i said i hope to god that uh punks of tawny phil that fucking uh groundhog is correct because i just want to see tom skilling be put to shame <laughs> that's all that's all, all his meteorological degrees put the shit over uh, a groundhog yeah, a rodent yeah, a rodent <laughs> named of all things punks of tawny phil from so, gobbler's knob <laughs> right right so but uh but the snow has pretty much melted and uh, we didn't really get a lot out here we uh, didn't get a lot up here either which is surprising because it's uh you know minnesota and we always get snow and not not nothing really at all 
So I guess global warming is accurate, but anyway, (laughs) eventually, (laughs) yeah. but besides all that, I've been uh, getting ready for this episode. I will be honest. I did not have time to uh, go back and double check uh, the continuity history of part one through part four, primarily (laughs) because of the fact that I just didn't have the time to, I mean, I did the best I could, but um, I will say this. One of the most memorable things about that episode in which we recorded talking about part one through four yeah is we did it through half a day yeah (laughs) we recorded for like four hours yeah right and i i think we came to the realization that we should have split it up into two yeah (laughs) that yeah that that was when we were young and had you know some time and uh yeah, don't have that now. <laughs> but even then, at that point, afterwards, we were just like, wow, I don't think we've ever been so spent. <laughs> no, this. no, no. We, I, You know, I want to say, well, even, t- I mean, we've done other franchises, but I don't, like Jaws, but I think we were still, still within season one. So we were still, we yeah. that was another form of movie, which we could probably split up into two episodes. Um, right. Yeah. Or just two recording dates. Yeah. But anyways, it was just, I, I just remembered that it was so. Like, like, I think maybe if you listen to the show, the energy level does change by the time we reach like part three or part four. Not saying we didn't enjoy talking about the movie. It's right. just like, you know, it, it, you're talking about four movies, which I guess that was the challenge for us. Let's just go ahead and do it. Which yeah, is what we did. it was a marathon. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it was just like, oh, my God, there's a point where we just had to stop. Yeah. But we couldn't stop because we didn't set up a second date. And it was like, well. We're here, so let's just yeah. do it. And 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 we and we took the rec- we took the studio time to the max. I think it was like four hours, and we were done in like yeah. three hours and fifty five minutes. <laughs> oh my God. No, and, and that's the other thing though too. When you're talking, no matter how good you are at talking, you you know there's the after effects, the headache that you can get, and the the feel of like dry mouth. Yeah, it was a cotton mouth for sure. Yeah, and we and we had water with us. We didn't mm-hmm. like smuggle in bottled water. It was it was just not enough. Oh yeah. But you know what? I, I really do love that loved our time at Studio three hundred and Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was great. It, it almost felt like we had like serious XM backing us <laughs> you know for free. Yeah 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 and now here we are doing it on our laptops feeling like we're recording in a in a broom closet. <laughs> but right, but right. But you know what either way is is all right you know i mean at least at least you know we're still doing this too because like i like I, like you said our first was in like what 2015 and mm-hmm. or tw- yeah here we are now 2024 yeah yeah first so we, i think we, first three seasons were recorded in um at 300 and then yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and, and and so i mean we've made it we made it this far folks so yeah. you know i mean and hopefully we'll make it for 2025 <laughs> <laughs> but you know, last year was pretty fun. I mean, we yeah. did crank out some interesting shows. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I do feel our 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 high point was that Empire Pictures uh, retrospective. <laughs> who would have thought we would have made covered an entire oh yeah. year? Oh yeah, that was that that was rough. <laughs> that and, was a, yeah, and a Thanksgiving episode too. So, right. So I mean, there was. A, 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 didn't we do a Valentine's episode too? I think we didn't. Uh, we do we, a Love Witch. I I think we you know I think we did yeah yeah so I we think did we did yeah episodes yeah so that was that was when we still were like yeah we're gonna conquer that world and now here we are in 2024 like you know what let's just uh, you know what a little laid back take our time you yeah. know uh, yeah. so what who who cares let's just <laughs> and but anyway so and then uh, just 
besides all that, just getting ready for this episode, so I don't really have much going on with me. As you can tell, whenever Tim asks me what I've been up to, it's usually just nothing interesting. So, But, uh, Tim, I'm sure you have had a very interesting uh, last months. year and a very interesting beginning of this year, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, again, Happy New Year's, everyone. I uh, hope you all had a uh, great um, holiday and uh, yeah. rang in the New Year uh well um yeah it's been it's been a busy yeah well it's been a busy since september since the school started it's been busy <laughs> yeah but i will say this uh speaking uh for my son nate uh he is uh done quite well um he's he's yeah, i mentioned previously he was uh he got into the travel baseball team and he's working out with that he's working out at the gym um, he's, uh, competing for the first time in, uh, in-house basketball and he never played organized basketball before, and he's doing quite well there. In fact, their team just went undefeated in the regular season and got a first, I uh, got a buy in the first round of the tournament, which is next weekend, which is also Super Bowl Sunday weekend. And I'm so glad that you, Chris, you said that, uh, you, you couldn't record those days <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah. that just wasn't going to happen. Um, well, and also I just think we needed that. That, you know, I, I would love to do more than one show, but the reality speaks for itself. It's yeah. more than one show a month, but the reality speaks for itself when, you know, it's like, you know, Tim is a family man. He's married. He, you know, you've got kids to take care of and, you know, all your other stuff. I'm not married. I don't have kids, but I do have two jobs. And, yes. and I do help out with you know, my, my mother taking care of her house. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. And, and I do work long hours and it, it, so yeah, some of that does take your toll on you. And not only that, but I'm not, well, I know Tim's going to be like, yeah, whatever, but what? I'm, I'm not the young man that I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be turning 40 this year, folks. At, uh, in April. So, and and uh, let me bring out the tiniest violin in the world for you, I Christopher. Guess, because, because Tim, how old are you? I, I Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, is that, yeah, I mean, like youth goes, yeah. our youth uh, is in the past. Now here we are in the present and what the future is going to hold for us is unfortunate for certain you know we don't we don't have a delorean where we can just go forward in the future and see where we are you know it's 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 mostly guesswork and if you want to if you want to be risky you know go to a palm reader but (laughs) but yeah but there's a point where we do have to like take a break from the recording and 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 stuff and you know just have that lull period i would have loved to have done one in january but yeah. like i said it, it, i think we just need that time away but also it gives us time to like look and see what else we can do for the show as well. right yeah a little prep and planning because but we uh just to give you a, a baseline guys uh, uh our listeners we recorded our Christmas episode, like I think, on December what seventeenth or something like that. I forget. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And then I quickly edited, edited, uh, edited it. <laughs> there you go. Words are hard. Um, and uh, we, we had it out before on like the day before Christmas Eve. So, and that was, and that was kind of a hard thing. And then you you always feel like, I felt like our last two episodes, like the Thanksgiving episode and the Christmas episode, we were like on such a time crunch. And well, yeah. And the reason for that, not to, not, we've talked about this in previous, the previous Christmas episode and, and even the Thanksgiving episode. Right. And, I'm, and I'm not giving to, I'm giving, I'm, I'm not saying it, it's his fault. Technically oh. I'm, I'm, I'm giving Dave a hard time about this. So was that 
we were originally supposed to do some other Thanksgiving horror movie that Dave <laughs> did right. not want to do. And, 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 and wanted, truth, and he wanted to do Eli Roth's Thanks Thanks Killing, and we were like, okay. And we and we could have switched it. it back, but I was like, I already had taken the time off, and I really wanted to see the movie, and I thought we could uh, do it, but it was also also just not feeling the greatest uh, health-wise. Uh, and you could t- definitely notice on how I was speaking and, the, and probably I tried to limit the coughing during recording, but the coughing, the laryngitis and just right. everything. It was just... But also, but also Dave had caught a case of the vid. And, right. And, and that pushed things. And then he didn't get to make it for that one. Yeah. It, was, it, it was a hard fall. It was a hard fall for everyone. Yeah. Season. Right, right. But but the point is is that we we had to do a lot of juggling and uh, of the dates and everything and it it did feel like a time crunch so that's why yeah. you know I mean we were lucky or Tim was lucky to get everything edited and out at a decent time yeah. frame but you know hopefully hopefully things will be good for this year too you know I mean yeah. it, it, you know we do in as much as Tim and I occasionally like to just sit back with our feet on the desk and just throw out show ideas and go, yeah, I guess we can do that one. You know, we do try to plan a release date mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes it goes through and sometimes it doesn't, you know, that's so. life. Yep. <laughs> life. But, but I will say this, we have managed to, um, uh, follow through on our promise that yes, we will have an episode out on a certain day. <laughs> a certain yes. I, in fact, I plan on having this episode out before the end of February. So yeah, yeah, there so, you go. <laughs> We, besides, we don't we don't have money backings like the other podcasts you hear on these. Uh, fi- uh, we don't have the backing and financial backing that uh, the, the other podcasts you listen to on the Spotify or Apple right. or whatever. Well, and unlike most other pod people that start a podcast, I'm not saying it's all of them, but there is a degree of them out there. They start up thinking that they're going to hit the jackpot, and then after a couple of episodes or a season, they fold. And here we are from 2015 to, to now. <laughs> to now. And we are still doing this. February 3rd, 2024. <laughs> right, right, right. We have not hit the jackpot. We have not gotten the Spotify deal. We have not made millions of dollars. Although we are on Spotify, but we have no money coming yeah, in from no Spotify okay. or no iHeart or anybody else. <laughs> right, right, right. But we are still here. So, yes. I mean, and, and who knows? Maybe in the future we will figure out a way to monetize this. But, you know, the reality of that real quick is that, too, is like it's very hard to do that because, you know, what? You know, you have to be realistic about what type of money you're going to pull in with this right. with a show like this. You know, it's that it's not, there's a, th- a thousand of us out there. Thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a thousand of us out there, and there's some a thousand of us out, out there that have been around longer than we have, and there's quite a bit out there that have been on for less amount of years. Mm-hmm. So, and 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 even there's some out there that have been on for a couple of years, and then suddenly, you know. Disappear. The face of the earth. Yeah. So, so this show is still here, you know, and hopefully it'll be on for many more years. Right. But in the meantime, Tim and I have been very realistic about our output. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes. When you, when you first start out, you have all these grandiose plans and, um, Oh yeah. Then you revise and simplify. (laughs) Yeah. And and then you realize to yourself, yeah, you know what? We ain't going to be millionaires off of this, so why don't we just no. take advantage of it and just have fun with it, you know? Right. Yeah, so, but besides that, Tim, anything else going on with you? No, nope, I mean, just the day-to-day humdrum stuff, always yeah. working, always grinding, you know, all right. that good shit. 
Yeah, the life in the life in Minnesota has been treating you very well. Oh, life in Minnesota is good. I uh, gotta say, like I mentioned before, we haven't we haven't had any snow since I want to say Halloween. I think we no I take that back. We had snow for like a day. I shoveled once. I put all you know. I winterized my um, my patio. I put away yeah. all, like, like you put away all your your patio furniture. You you know get you put you take the gas out of the run out the gas out of the lawnmower. Put the gas into the snowblower. Get everything ready and. Uh, I've been pleasantly surprised, and I'm not. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying it doesn't it doesn't feel like winter. It feels like we've had spring since well fall. <laughs> well, you mentioned the snowblower, so I went through all the trouble to you know make sure that it's running proper. And you know, it, one of the things I I do is that I'll if I don't use it for the winter, I'll you know I'll put it in, I'll store it away, uh, or I'll try. Or if I forget, but no, this is what I do. I'll before I store it away, I'll run it so I can run the gas out. So right. That way, it, you know, it gets run through. But there have been times where I've forgotten to do that, and the gas can sit in there. So of course, in the fall, I had to get it out, run you it. You siphoned it, didn't you? Put a hose in there and no, suck no, it out. No, no, I, I, I will not do that. But anyway, but but I well, it's also an oil and gas mixture. So oh, that's something. Oh, fun! Oil. Yeah. Yeah. So mm, delicious. Yeah. yeah so. So, so in the fall of last year, I ran it to run the old gas out, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. And then I go through all the trouble to, you know, put new gas and new oil mixture in it and make sure it runs, you know, because, you know, I'm hearing that we're going to get like a harsh winter and like a big snowstorm. So I got it ready, and then we get a snow, we get, we get snow. And then I only ended up using that goddamn thing once. Thank you, El Nino. <laughs> yeah, and, and it wasn't even like that bad outside. It was just like I just used it once, and then afterwards, whatever snow came by, I just, I just physically shoveled it with the regular. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I did. At least you ran yours once. I didn't do that because I was like, there was not enough out there. It was enough to be. Uh, but not enough for me to actually justify turning it on. <laughs> yeah, to, 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 to justify its use or its existence. Right. <laughs> and, and so now it's sitting in the garage once again, and I'm going to have to, once when the weather warms up and the snow stops coming down, hopefully soon, mm-hmm. you know, I'll have to like run it and run it through and then store it away and then not see it again until fall. <laughs> and so, oh, yeah. so, but I mean, like, just the idea of going through all that. Well, you know, and luckily it's like a much smaller snowblower. I mean, I know neighbors that have like much bigger ones. And it's like, how the hell do you maintain yeah. that? Just, just keep, keep yeah, it I know. Simple, I, I, I I was going to get a new, uh, a bigger one this year because of the, the the harsh winters we have up here, and I'm I'm perfectly okay with my stu- two stage right now because we haven't no snow. But I'm going to eventually have to upgrade <laughs> because the old two stage is about uh, we got that when we moved in our first house in Bolingbrook, uh, like in 2011, wow. and um, you know those things. They don't last forever. I mean, you take care of them, but you know, it's just it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so okay. Well, with that, let's now head over to our kids' corner segment with Nate and his take on Scream Two, and then we'll roll that trailer for Scream or Scream Five from twenty twenty two, and then Chris will take a stab with his synopsis. <laughs> you see what I did there? Yes. Yeah. Uh, hang tight, guys. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Nate, and welcome to Kids Corner with my dad Tim. Hey, that's me. Uh, kids Corner will cover family friendly films and TV shows, and maybe not so family friendly movies. <laughs> so. Listen in.
Windsor College students were murdered last night during a sneak preview of the new movie, Stab. It's starting again, Randy. This has nothing to do with us. Randy, a guy in a ghost mask hacked up two people in the movie theater telling our life story. Hi, Gail Weathers, author of the Woodsboro Murders. Do you think the killer will strike again? We have no evidence that this is a serial killer. It's a classic case of life imitating art, imitating life. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Do you think someone's trying to duplicate Woodsboro? It looks like it. I think you have a copycat on your hands, Chief. Hello? Hello, Sydney. Remember me? What do you want? I want you. It's showtime. Everywhere. If there is some freaked out psycho trying to follow in Billy Loomis's footsteps, you probably already know. The way I see it, someone's out to make a scene. So it's our job to observe the rules of the scene. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Two, death scenes are always much more elaborate. You just want to sit here and wait and see who drops next? I'm not interrupting anything, am I? Welcome back to Kids Corner. I'm Nate, and I'm joined by my father, Tim. And welcome back to the 10th season of THSP and another exciting year and another exciting season of the Kids Corner segment. Yeah. All right, Nathaniel, we're going to kick off this month's, or this year's (laughs) uh, season with what movie? Scream 2. From 1997. All right. Nate, why don't you tell our fine listeners what the fine people at Wikipedia had to say about Scream 2. Two. Okay. Scream 2 is a 1997 American slasher film directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson. It stars David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, Sarah Michelle Geller, Jamie Kennedy, Laurie Metcalf, Jerry O'Connell, Elise Neal, Timothy Oliphant, Jada Pinkett, and Liv Schreiber. A sequel to Scream 1996. The film was released on December 12, 1997, by Dimensions Films, as a second installment in the Scream film series. Scream 2 takes place one year after the first film, and again follows the characters of Sidney Prescott, Campbell, along with the other survivors of the Woodsboro Massacre, at a fictional Windsor College in Ohio, where they get targeted by a copycat killer in the guise of Ghostface. Like its predecessor, Scream 2 combines violence of the slasher genre with elements of comedy, satire, and whodunit, the cliché of film sequels. Oh, yes, that was, yes, that's Scream 2 in a nutshell. Um, yes, I, I I remember seeing this movie with, actually, your Uncle Mark. We had a double date at a theater, and much like the opening sequences of uh, the film Scream 2, the uh, people who worked at the movie theater at the time would dress up in Ghostface costumes with glow-in-the-dark uh, mach- uh, knives. Really? Yeah, and they would run up and down the aisles, and they were, and, and it was a, it was a, it was a fun time. I'm going to say it really puts you in the mood for a, a, a scary movie, a, a scary movie, a, a scream movie. Uh, and I really, I, to this day, and that's been, it's like I said, 1997. It's been. That's only one year after the first <clears throat> film. Usually, yeah. films take about like two or three years until the. 
sequel comes out. Right. Well, and it's been a, it's been a hot minute. 1997. That's when I graduated uh, college or high school. College. Well, high school. Yeah, it was. It's been a while, but to this day, I remember that uh, little fun fact, a little part of my my brain. It was it was just a lot of fun in my opinion, and I I really thoroughly thought it was a cool idea and really nifty and something that I don't think you get away with uh, in today's climate. Anyway, so Nate. What did you think about this film? I think it was an overall one of the better sequels to a horror film. Like Predator Two, it was okay, but there were some things that didn't really sit well with me. Okay, all right, well, fair enough. Um, Same, like with Aliens, it kind of steered away from the horror genre and started taking it to action slash sci-fi. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that's aliens. But we're talking about Scream. So I know. Scream, Scream Two. Gonna... Oh, you're you're trying to make a yeah. comparison. I got yeah. it. Okay. So uh, now this has always been kind of a favorite of mine. I I know it. Nothing's we, better than the original. Nothing's better than the original. But but we haven't gotten through all six films yet, have we, Nate? Nope. So all right. So in my opinion, I, I really thoroughly, I I love this film a lot, and I it, it, it's flaws and all. I know it's not perfect. I know no movie is perfect. I understand. I understand, but I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I love CC as Sarah Michelle Gellar. I mean Sarah Michelle Gellar as CC. Uh, Timothy Oliphant is 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 great. Laurie Metcalf uh, from Roseanne, and then later on, a, a Big Bang Theory as Sheldon's mom. She is fantastic as Debbie Salt. Uh, um, she is. She was Debbie Salt, the Sheldon. Young Sheldon's mom? No, not Young Sheldon's mom. Actually, Young Sheldon's mom is actually Laurie Metcalf's daughter. That's why they look kind of the same. Oh. But in The Big Bang Theory, Laurie Metcalf plays Sheldon's mom. So, oh, okay. anyway, I digress. I, I really I thought the cast was stellar. I love the cast. Jerry O'Connell, Neff Campbell. I especially liked how um the... Uh, um, uh, uh, what's um Courtney Cox's um cameraman? Gail Weather. Oh no, Gail. Uh, Weather's cameraman. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, I forget uh, his name. The, the African American man. Yeah. I, I I don't remember his name. Is his right I don't now. remember him not wanting to die. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, I read up on what happened to your last cameraman. I'm out of here. <laughs> no, but. Again, the cast is stellar. The, the The writing is 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 fine. Uh, I really, I just, I like the setting a lot. I like the fact that it's not um, same setting. The same setting, and the fact that it's on a college campus in Ohio, and it just, it felt kind of homey, but not home. If that makes any sense, it's mm-hmm. not like it's not Woodsboro, but it's not like the big city either. Yeah. Um, so I, I enjoyed that aspect. The, the thing I didn't like at all was obviously, and at the time. I hated it. Was um, the killing of oh, the killing off of Randy? I Randy, like most of us, was our was probably our favorite uh, character, character, other than maybe Sydney, and maybe Sydney. Dewey. Uh, the kill count is obviously higher. Like like uh, Randy predicted. Randy Randy, Randy, Randy said sequels got to have a higher body count. Got to have a bloodier, uh, um, more blood and gore. More blood and gore. And um, yeah, so it was I think it was like what there was, a, to, there was a total of ten victims, but how many? Like six men and four, four women. Yeah, that 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 tracks. Yeah. That tracks. Um, and then the uh, most violent kill, which I thoroughly enjoyed, it was not even by a major uh, player. Yeah. He was uh, one of the detectives that was uh, that we have we didn't really see much of. Right. He was he was uh, assigned to uh, protect Sidney Prescott, and he got what was it? A, he got impaled by a pipe through a car chase scene. 
where yeah. he's on the hood. And the other one got his throat slit. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think that what the security or the bodyguard could have done was he was just pointing the gun at him. He was just standing there pointing the gun. He could have just shot it before. Yeah, well, we don't like the Monday back Monday back quarter or Monday quarterback things here. Uh, because yeah, there's lots of things you could have done, and but let's then, not go back to the car. But there's a the thing. Then there wouldn't be a movie. There wouldn't be, you know. Come on, man. In horror like, movies, people's got to make stupid decisions. Yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> no, so <clears throat> let's see. I want to say his death was like the most Gold. gory and gruesome and cool death, and. You know, Nate, I, I don't know. I mean, I to me, I give this movie a thumbs up. I'd uh, give it a thumbs up, You give it a thumbs up. Would you recommend this to a, a, a friend yeah. in your sixth grade class? But there's one part we forgot to do. What? what? Three favorite moments. Hey, I'm, I'm getting there. Okay, okay, you're jumping. The, I'm yeah. sorry. You're yeah. jumping the gun. So what were your three favorite moments? My three favorite moments. My third favorite moment, probably when, uh, probably... Uh, the, 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 the Sydney's boyfriend, Derek, Derek, the, in like the beginning part of the, um, last scene, I'm getting shot. It's just, oh. it's just, there's, there's better ways to die in a horror uh, movie than getting and shot. And didn't he already die when he made that cringeworthy uh, rendition of, I think I love you in the cafeteria. I mean, he was, uh, he was already dead meat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, 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 I really like Jerry O'Connell's character as Derek. I thought he was, uh, the sympathetic loyal boyfriend college boyfriend that didn't that deserve would... to die um yeah. but yeah and okay I like how we kind of got more of a character or actually a character out of Sydney's mom opposed killer than the first movie oh, you, you mean you're, you're talking about debbie salt as uh no mrs no. loomis no what, what no i'm talking about the person who killed Sydney's mom okay not so mrs. bill bill, bill billy killed Sydney's mom. I think so. But no, no, no. They were trying to say. Oh, 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 you mean he's a, he, the framed killer? Basically. Oh, oh, you're, oh, you're the framed killer. You mean, you mean Cotton Weary? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, Billy, Billy Loomis, and Stu Mocker framed uh, uh, Liv Schreiber's character Cotton Weary for the murder of Sydney Prescott. And not Sydney Prescott. I mean, mom. I was, yeah, Sydney's mom. Not oh, yeah, sorry, Sydney Prescott's mom. Uh, and and um and and Blake, yeah they they framed Cotton Weary for uh the, the mom's death, mm -hmm. uh and they killed her right, mm -hmm. and then so obviously Courtney Cox, I mean not Courtney Cox, um uh, Neff Campbell's character killed uh now Debbie Saltz, aka Mrs. Loomis, got revenge, got revenge, try and get revenge. Did she know her son was psycho? Yeah. Well, that happens when the boy misses his mommy. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, overall, there's there's a there's a lot of nice little nuggets. And yeah. all right, so Not, never better right, than the original right. cast, but all right. So, you gave us a third, gave us our second. What's your first one? I didn't give us. Well, second. then give the first um, one. I didn't give the second. Oh, you one. give the second one. Second one, probably. The car scene with the two security officers, I really like The detectives, that. Yeah. yeah. Detectives doing security detail. Okay. Yeah. All right. And what's number one? With a bullet, so to speak? No. <laughs> or a knife stab? Um, Number one, probably that chase between Ghostface, uh, or like, um, when they were, when, when, um, uh, Courtney's, Courtney Cox's character, I keep forgetting her name. Uh, Gail Weathers. Gail Weathers and Dewey. 
are watching over the tapes. Oh, and oh. Th- that starts. That's chasing. that's actually a really cool scene where, yeah. they, where they're trapped up in the in the in the soundproof booths in the in the in the theater. Yeah, I I really like that. And uh, Dewey survives again. It's but, shit. I don't like how it was a copy. He could either survive or die. But he well he survived. Yeah. And uh, and the thing is, I I like Dewey. Dewey gets. Dewey gets actually better as as the series goes on. Series goes on, and uh, I thoroughly enjoy his character. Not so much in the in the in the beginnings. I, I mean, I liked him, but it's like okay, he's whatever. But he really comes into his own later on in the film uh, series franchise. So, um, Nate, uh, I think we said this once or earlier, but I'm giving this movie a thumbs up, even with all its uh, yeah, uh, quirks, quirks, and you know you know whatnot um what do you give this movie do you give a thumbs up thumbs down I'd thumbs in the middle it, i give it a thumbs up okay i would have i before watching the third movie one thing that i kind of want to happen is them going back or the third movie taking place in woodsboro again okay i like woodsboro is a small town yeah. very cool okay all right so uh nate all right, we gave us a thumbs up, thumbs down. We said, oh, would you recommend this to a friend or your friends? You yeah. said yes. All right. So uh, I recommend this movie, obviously not for small children, obviously for certain reasons um, that we've already discussed, blood and guts, uh, you know, naughty language. <laughs> um, you are one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> if you're going to say it, say it louder than that. Don't whisper it. All right. So, Nate, what can the viewers or listeners expect from next month's kids corner segment scream three we're gonna cap off the original trilogy all right so tune into that for our next for our next kids corner segment so lead us out nate this has been nate and tim good night everybody for kids corner or good day or afternoon sure okay all right take care all right bye so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm, I know who you are. I've been through this a lot. 
This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. You ready for this? Never. Oh, stop. Wait, wait, wait. There are certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. Okay, Christopher, my good man, take it away. Yes, we were talking about Scream from 2022. Wait, 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 wait. Scream, for, wasn't it from 1990? It, it, it should be <laughs> called Scream 5, but, you know, we're not... Tim and I are not responsible for the conception of titles for, <laughs> for released movies, so we have to kind of go with what we know here. But nevertheless, this is Scream 5 from 2022. It's directed by Matt Bettinelli, Open, and Tyler Gill- Gillitz, written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick, and based on characters by Kevin Williamson. So Scream, or Scream 5, as it should be known, opens just like the first film from 1996, and once again taking place in the town of Woodsboro. Uh, young high school student uh, uh, Tara Carpenter, played by Jenna Ortega, is at home alone, and she receives a phone call from some mysterious stranger that might be dating her rather absentee mother. Uh, But the mysterious stranger begins to ask Tara what her favorite scary movie is. And before you can say, hey, didn't we see this whole setup done before? (laughs) The caller reveals himself to be a killer wearing the trademarked ghost face mask and attire and attempts to kill Tara. But Tara survives the ordeal and her friend Wes Hicks, played by Dylan Minnette, calls on Tara's estranged sister, Sam, played by Melissa Barrera, and her boyfriend, Richie Kirsch, played by Jack Quaid, to haul ass to the hospital to see Tara. While local sheriff, Judy Hicks, played by Marley Shelton, is on the case, Sam reveals to Tara the real reason her their, their parents separated and why Sam had been very distant with Tara. Sam discovered that none other than Woodsboro's legendary serial killer, killer Billy Loomis, was her biological father, and that the stepfather never knew about this until Sam confronted her mother about it. And since then, Sam has been dealing with hallucinations of Billy talking to her. But this revelation isn't stopping the mysterious killer from raking up a body count, resulting in Sam teaming up with Tara's close friends Liv, played by Sonia Amar, brother and sister twins Chad, played by Mason Gooding, and Mindy Meeks Martin, played by Jasmine Savoy Brown, Amber, played by Mikey Madison, as well as bringing back three surprise characters from the previous Scream films to figure the whole scenario out. So, yes, that is my synopsis for Scream 5. Um, So as a quick recap, although I do encourage you loyal fans and listeners to go back and check out our um, Scream episode which we talked about parts one through four and the t- and we touched upon the television show at the time. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and truth be told, I could, I wasn't able to go back <laughs> and, and, and collect my thoughts on those films. So I'm kind of going by memory a little bit, but um, 
yeah, at the time when I when I we did that episode, um, you know, I wasn't really a big fan of the first film or the f- sequels, but I kind of came around on part one. I enjoyed it at the time a little more than I, as I recall, I was n- still not digging part two. And I kind of was okay with part three. I do recall enjoying part four a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, so that was that wasn't a waste. Um, so now here we are many years later with uh, part five. And I, I don't understand why they didn't call this movie part five. They just call it Scream. I, I don't know. I, I listened to the directors try to explain it away. And um, it was it plausible. <laughs> was it a plausible it was... explanation? I guess, but I think it ends up just confusing people more uh, than not. I mean, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to re- simplify things. And uh, to me, I, that was their kind of, in my own words, their explanation of that. Um, well, I mean. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, no, it, no. it's. It's 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 a it's a it's basically became the new in thing to do like taking Halloween and instead of calling it Halloween Part Seven or Candyman Part Three or Four, um, they just they just simplify it by just saying okay it's Candyman or okay it's Halloween even though even though you're thinking to yourself oh so is this a remake and you go in no it's 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 a, it's a fucking follow up to to the previous yeah. entry Part Four right and, well and the other thing was what was so confusing about it too was when I was looking this up on Amazon Prime Video. You know, I, I, I write in Scream uh-huh. and, you know, it's showing me the first film and I'm like, no, I, I no, I put in Scream 5, and it, but it's showing me the first movie. And I'm like, what? <laughs> where's part five? Part five is on here. I put in part six. Part six is on here. Where's part five? And then you you literally have to look at the the poster art to differentiate between <laughs> the two movies. So if you look at part one, it's the traditional poster art that we're all familiar with. And then the one for scream five is like this, you know, alternate different looking poster. art. And I'm like, is that the one? And I check it and sure enough it is. And then it says from 2022. So, okay, uh, yeah, this is okay. So it's, it's part five, but I was like, why don't they just call it part five? <laughs> It would it would help. It would help. It would save the frustration. But anyways, so I watched this. I actually watched this last week and then I watched it again this week so I can kind of recap some of it for this for this episode. And, you know, I thought it was all right. It was an all right follow up. I kind of liked it a little more when I watched it again, because Tim and I were talking about this before we started like. You know, when you watch it a second or third time, it kind of grows on you a little more. So I do agree with it on on that. I think the problem I do have with it is that as a sequel, because so many years have passed since the making of part four, you know, if you think about part one and part two. Yeah, about about a a decade or, yeah, about 10 years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you think about Scream 1, 2, and 3, they're kind of made, like, within close proximity of the years with each other mm-hmm. within and, within the relative within the two to three years. Yeah. 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 And, and, and the original creators are a little more, I would say focused because they can easily, it feels like because they're so well connected with it and they come out within one or two years apart from another, another, you know, they, they have a good focus on connecting the dots from what happened in the previous entries. Mm-hmm. And then when part, four came out that was in like what 2015 uh, uh, 20 part four scream came out in 2011 so, 2011. Okay, so from, 2011. from from it was yeah it was about 11 years or 10 or 11 years between uh scream part three and scream four so then you figure another right. 10 years onto that for 
uh, part five or Scream. <laughs> right. And I thought at the time, you know, Scream four, they did no, they did a fairly decent job of like, you know, again, connecting it together, even though there was like this huge gap from when part three ended and they did part four. Right. And And now it's the same thing with part five, but I feel like because the screenwriters are different on this, I feel like they're a little distant from, from um, putting it together with part four because, you know, they do introduce new characters, which is fine. And, but then they try to bring back old characters, but I feel like they never like the old characters when they bring them back, I don't feel like they've ever changed. They've, they've never done any, they don't do anything different with them. And I guess maybe for familiarity's sake, that's fine. Yeah. But, like, uh, okay, spoiler alert. But then again, you know, if you've listened to our episodes, you know we we spoiler we, heavy. It, spoiler heavy, yes. You know, part five brings back uh, Dewey, Gail Weathers, and um, Sydney Prescott. You know, and and the same actors and actresses. That right, and and the suffering about Deputy but, but, Judy too, from part four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. But once again, it's like the characters have never changed. You know, right. Dewey is still, you know, suffering traumatic experiences from the previous entries uh, and has fallen on hard times. Uh, Gail Weathers is now this is still the successful, you know, journalist on television. Yeah, she's like she, doing like Good Morning America kind of type yeah, thing. And still and still writing books about her experiences <laughs> with Billy Loomis and, 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 and Woods and Woodsboro and put his partner in crime and everything. And Cotton Weary. They can't forget about Cotton Weary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and still pissing off people that don't want to, that they're telling her, you should stop writing and talking about this. And then Sydney Prescott's on her own trying to live her life like she's always done, and but then gets dragged back into it. I just feel like it, the deja vu aspect of it is like, is it's understandable, but I do wish that they did something different with the characters a little bit. Like maybe for once Gail Weathers falls on hard times and Dewey kind of gets over the shit and, you know, and then, and then, you know, maybe, okay, Sydney Prescott's like life is fine. No problems, but you know, Dewey did have a a brush with, um, with, with fame or whatever it is in part three, he was a technical advisor on stab three that never got off the ground. (laughs) Right, but, but it didn't mean that his life was any better. <laughs> right, any but he, better. he had money. <laughs> he had yeah. money. And then, right, and then, you know, because of bringing back familiar characters, the other problem that I do have, but it's probably more of a problem with myself, is that I'm trying to keep track of, like, the former characters that they bring back, like in the case of the 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 Judy Hicks uh, character, she was a deputy in part right. four. Right. And now, now 10 years later, she's a sheriff. Yep. Right. But the other problem is I feel like in her case, they don't do much with her character either. No. I feel like she's just there. You know, I mean, although as Tim has politely mentioned and we'll talk about it, her character actually does far more uh um, Policing? police work. Yeah. <laughs> police going to police. Yeah. Well, and, as opposed to the the rest of the police, you know, uh, assistants and deputies in like the entire Scream franchise as a whole. Just <laughs> I mean, standing around picking her nose. <laughs> right. But I just felt like, um, you know, this one, you know, it's all right. But I, you know, the, the idea of bringing in new characters and then trying to, to introduce 
and also bring back old characters and I'm sitting there trying to remember like what they did. I mean, yeah, I know what the, I know what Sidney Prescott and, and uh, Dewey Martin and, and um, um, uh, um, Gail Weathers did, you know? Right. But then, like I said, I'm trying to remember, you know, Judy Hicks and I'm like halfway through, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. She was the, she was the, the deputy in part. Right. Okay. But, and then um, the whole revelation about, um, um, Melissa Barrera's character being the result of uh, a genealogy with uh, Billy Loomis. I was a little like, uh, you know what? I I really wasn't buying that. That really didn't feel very effective. I kind I kind of wish that. I know they want to like constantly tie the connect the dots with Billy Loomis from the first movie, but right. I kind of wish this one they just sort of like let that one slide, like. The, 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 the you know the whole aspect of Billy Loomis hovering over the town I kind of wish they just like let that one drift a little bit you know that really wasn't an important plot point for this movie because then we have to be we're treated the scenes of her talking to Billy Loomis yeah. like she knew like she knows him and all of his actions and it's all in her mind but I'm like sitting there going it's not really going anywhere it doesn't really make the movie more palpable it just sort of like adds running time to it so i i, I, I did like the idea of her talking to him and i, I like the idea of bringing him back and i know they tried to they're trying to you know how do you bring back a dead character well she's got to be a figment of somebody's imagination yeah. and uh he well, did i, I will I, I, no go ahead i'm sorry no i know i i just and i, no, I like, you were saying tim i didn't Oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, I like the idea of, of the uh, bringing her back uh, as, a, as a figment of someone's imagination. And um, yeah, I, I, I can I can see your point where it's a kind of a stretch, but I also liked I, I like Billy Loomis's character so much, and I thought it was kind of an inventive way to bring back somebody somehow. Yeah. Um, and and the fact that they I, I just learned about this about um, about twenty minutes before we start recording is that they uh, the the, the writers or whatever he did one day. One day he shot all the scenes in one day against a green screen, and they used some de aging technology. But the fact is he's aged pretty well, so they didn't have to do a whole lot. And I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. So, yeah, well, you know, I mean, like I, I think it just bothers me because I feel like I was watching a soap opera. You know, <laughs> like if you ever watch soap, opera, and, and it's like they yeah. have to. Come it's his evil twin. Whatever, yeah, it's his evil twin, or whatever ridiculous plot point that. And granted, yeah, that's kind of like a catch twenty two in some yeah. of these, you know, Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Streets and on Halloweens. But you know, there are some of those films in those series that do a pretty decent job of like not resorting to the silly, you know, twist revelation shit. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I get the point of it, but I just felt like again, I'm watching like a soap opera where like you know. I almost expected the organ music to come through where it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, come on. <laughs> you know, like I, or no, it was like that one Simpsons episode where like they're watching a soap opera and this dude comes in and the person goes, Oh my God, I thought you were dead. And the guy goes, I was, <laughs> you had a brain transplant. Yes. Yeah. 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 Or I had a brain transplant. Well, I did. <laughs> it's like, well, then why are you back? <laughs> but okay. So I, before we, deep dive into this you know tim yes. why don't you tell us what you thought about this when you first saw it i actually i when i first saw it i had some of the same like app, uh, apprehensions you did except for the billy loomis part um i like the legacy i like them bringing some back some of the legacy characters i like the fact that uh you gotta kind of revisit old 
friends. And why you said that they never change, I, uh, I kind of dig that because it just goes, the more things change, the more, you know, people st- most of the time stay the same. Uh, and yeah. that's how I re- read it. Um, yeah, do- do- Dewey's always going to be the down on his luck, you know, doofus kind of like <laughs> guy. Uh, and the fact right, that he's, right. the fact that he survived four screen movies previously <laughs> and been stabbed like nine times and lived to tell about it is <laughs> yeah. quite the feat. <laughs> um, but right. I want to say I saw this movie in the theaters and it was one of the first movies that I saw back after, you know, COVID restrictions were, um, released uh and and you know we were you know doing going about our normal daily lives again yeah covid might have uh scared everybody into hibernation but it did not stop the production of a scream sequel yes it just goes to show you right there. yes so <laughs> i i, I and, we, and we are forever stronger for it i guess yes <laughs> i but i you know i want to say I, I i really enjoyed it i thought for what it was for what it's worth um yeah, and I and I really dug it, and I I wanted to, I, I guess I want the only thing that really pissed me off, and we'll get to that later because I don't want to divulge as we go into as we talk about the deep dive is, um, and I'll mention what pisses me off later about the whole movie, but um, but yes, uh, overall I enjoyed it, and I thought it was a fairly decent outing. I I think I liked four about the same, maybe a little more, maybe a little more, not my, not by much, but yeah, that, that's my uh, my opinion on it. Um, yeah, and I. I wanted, I guess, I don't know. Everything's fine. It's cool. <laughs> I'm trying. Well, I mean, We're, yeah. yeah, go on. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll do, in fact, we'll dive into this right now. So, I yes. mean, we, we, we get the opening sequence. Right. But, um, and again, it's like deja vu all over again. And granted, yes, it's kind of like, was like that with the, the previous entries, although they did, yeah. they did some things different. Like, yes. I think, wasn't, wasn't, um, well, one of the things they did differently, uh, sorry, Chris, I don't mean to step on your toes, uh, they, they, uh, over the previously four installments is the opening scene. Yes. That, somebody wasn't... always dies in the opening scene, and what? Tara wasn't... did not die. Yeah, now, wasn't part, because I'm trying to remember, wasn't, because I remember one being in a movie theater. That was part I... two. That was part that was two. They part killed two. Uh, Jada, Pinkett's, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's character, and um, I forget the other gentleman's name, but they killed oh. him in the bathroom stall okay, of the movie theater. Yeah. Oh, and I remember they ended up finding out that the killer was Will Smith. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, and then, uh, sorry, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. There was nothing. I don't know them, so it's nothing personal. I just love keep your keep your name out of his mouth or out of the mouth. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, and then part three, it was um, it was uh, Lee Schreiber's character. Yes, one hundred percent cotton. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He he ends up getting knocked off. And then in part four, it was wasn't it it was two girls, they were watching the stab movies and they right. were talking about and then they mentioned like one of the movies involved time travel. Yeah. And then they, it's just it doesn't just get just kind of repetitive and then she ends up stabbing her on the couch. I and, and then it I think it wasn't like a, a, a movie within a movie at that point. Yeah, I think it was, or, which, which I thought was very amusing. I you know, I actually gotta go back and rewatch that one because I, I really I really like the opening one of that because it was so clever and different. Yeah, it it was it was definitely wild. I I, I I'm trying to remember. I thought I could be wrong on this, but I thought I gave Wes Craven a lot of credit for <laughs> having fun with that. But I could yeah. be wrong. I mean, yeah. like I said, I I probably I probably should have listened you know to what? the episode. Just so to here's to the thing. <laughs> the thing is, okay, if you go back and listen to that episode that recorded, you know, like I said, almost ten years ago, and it'll be ten years in November. Um, I have softened on part three, so I'm like, 
I, so yes, uh, you know, time and repeated viewings of something that you that uh, that you watch, you te- you tend to di- mold different opinions. You may, may see something or it hits you a different way than you when you, when you originally saw it. So, I think if you listen to that episode, you'll hear me be a little more critical of part three than I would yeah. be now. So yeah, as as opposed to myself, where I am still very critical of part two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am sorry. I mean, in hindsight. Yeah, there are some things in part two that are all right, but I mean, I just I do remember not loving the um, the uh, the big reveal about the concept of the killer or the the killers. Uh, oh, you, you didn't like Debbie Salt and the and Mickey the the, the <laughs> fucked up Tarantino student? I I don't know. What played by Timothy Olyphant? Yeah, 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 Timothy yeah, Olyphant yeah, and yeah. Uh, I mean, and I mean, Jackie I mean, from Roseanne. <laughs> I mean, good for him. You would go from this to finally being on a TV show where he catches criminals as yeah, opposed to playing he, one. Yes. But I, I, I just remember not li- liking that. I, but again, maybe in the future I'll double check it and I'll come around. But I, I just I, That's remember not, I remember not liking that. Yeah. <laughs> but any, anyway, so but no, this movie goes back to pretty much what they did in 96, which was the opening sequence with young girl by herself. In this case, Tara Carpenter, played by Jenna Ortega. Um Interestingly enough, we never see her mother in this movie. Nope. Because <laughs> she's in a conference in London. And I'm like, well, what does she do for a living? <laughs> what is she doing over there? Yeah. But anyways, and then she gets a call from this mysterious guy from group, mm-hmm. which her mother's group. I'm like, what group? I was, I think that too, because she, even she asks, well, what group are you talking about? AA or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, <laughs> and then, you know, and um Finally, the guy is like, well, you know, she talks about you in class, in, in group, and uh, says that you also like scary movies. And like, hey, what's your favorite scary movie? And, and, and by the way, I believe this is the same guy that does the voice. Right, and the, from, from the original film, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. also from the other follow-ups that does the voice modulation. Right. It's interesting that the voice modulator still has the same voice that they could use. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I want I want, but, I want to try to find one of those. I I, I don't even do exist, but I think it'd be kind of fun. <laughs> it would be. So, and then he has a scary movie, and then she says, "What did she say?" The Babadook. It the follows, Babadook. and the witch. She likes more highbrow uh, horror films. Yeah, I'll be honest. It follows is fine, but uh, the witch and the Babadook are not. <laughs> they're not that highbrow. <laughs> They call it elevated horror. Or elevated horror. Right? Elevated horror. There you go. Know, that, that, I, that's that's the I, correct I, term that they use. But yeah, uh, yes, I, you get the meaning. I know. And I just busted out laughing when I heard that. Like, oh my god, come on. <laughs> that's like saying I prefer dramas where nobody cries. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> so, anyways, she. But I did. I did like the 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 the. The road they were going to with that was <laughs> like, here's this girl. You think she'd say Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween? She's like, no, I like the Babadook. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. Eventually, uh, it turns out that the person on the on the phone talking to her is some dun, killer dun, dun. That, that that wants to be like Ghostface or whatever. It, you know, what's also interesting about this? The killer is Ghostface, quote unquote. But that's the attire. The yes. killer is always a different person, <laughs> so, right? It's not like Jason or Freddy or Michael Myers or yeah, Chucky. Yeah, yeah. Or I believe in part two of Friday the 13th, wasn't it uh, a, a relative of, of Jason? <laughs> Friday the 13th part two. No, no, no. Well, the original Friday was uh, the mother. Oh, and yeah, J- okay, Jason okay, took over in part yeah. two. Yeah. Right, right, right. But there was. Yeah, okay. So anyway, so um, 
so of course it's 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 a killer trying to scare her, mm-hmm. and uh, he he says finally he's, he's gonna like what is it he he had so the killer had video of um her uh, of friend her friend Amber or right no it was uh, no it was uh, I think it was. Uh, let me hold on one second because I do have I do have notes. Yes. Oh, this is good podcasting right here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did take some notes, so yes. just uh, uh, let's see. <clears throat> it was her friend. Yeah, it was her friend Amber. Yes, yes, yes. yes she, she was like, it's like the killer somehow managed to get Amber's phone and like like hack it and like she take clone it. Yeah, she, yeah, she's or clone it. And send the video to um, Tara and, you know, basically threaten her with, I'm going to kill your friend. If you don't play my game. Play my game. And I Hang up, I kill her. Call the cops, I kill her. <laughs> you know? I, I love it, too. The guy, the killer says, you want to play a game? And I, for a minute there, I literally said to myself, wait, is this Saw? Yeah, Jigsaw? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I honestly, I think for uh, maybe uh they took a little um they took a little inspiration from the scream movies because yeah, they probably did but yeah because it's 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 like uh it's what's your favorite scooby and that what's your favorite scary movie and then let's play a game <laughs> i think it, i thought it would be funny if the killer was tobin bell <laughs> that would be great. That Ooh, would be that's great. a twist i, I didn't see coming <laughs> see, i wish they'd hire me because i you know, like, look, you know what look if you want to have fun with this <laughs> let's maybe do this. <laughs> maybe you can do scary movie part you know 12 and you can have that your Oh God! Well, Leslie Nielsen sadly is dead, so we can't have him come back. <laughs> it would be a shame. But, anyways, so, so, so the the killer is asking her questions. Like I think one of them was she needs to name who the who the main character is that's threatened. Uh, uh, yeah, the character, yeah, Cindy Prescott. And, yeah. Um, then, then she had to go through to internet movie database to. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> to she look cheats. Up. No, no, she goes to Google. She yeah. cheats like everybody else does. Right. <laughs> she just <goes> to Google. <laughs> but, but I love the fact that Vince Vaughn up, appears as uh, was it uh, Stu Mocker in like Stab oh, Part yeah, Four. Yeah, yeah, I remember they were they were showing um um uh when she's scrolling through it. Yeah, yeah. Castles. Yeah. Now, now Heather Graham and Luke Wilson were in the the Stab the recreation of the stand yes movies. yes she, she was the girl that was in the shower i believe in the right. second movie yes okay yeah, oh, the yeah. second the second screen movie yes. right right but then you get vince vaughn and all these like non <laughs> <laughs> that famous names being treated like nondescript cast members <laughs> but then she but then but but she gets the answer wrong because at one point she's asked who the killers are or who the killer is who the killer is it was and it she was, she, and she says it was Billy uh, Loomis, but she left out Stu Mocker. Right. Well, you know what's funny about that though, too, is if you think about it, Billy Loomis was always mentioned in these in the films. But if I recall very, if I can recall, Stu Mocker's character kind of sort of gets mentioned once in a while, and then he's like sort of like you know, yeah, sort of like brushed aside because Billy Loomis is like right. mentioned yeah. so much. They, they mentioned Billy Loomis about fifty times. I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> give or take yeah. in the scream part five or scream. Yeah, and but, I think they but, mentioned Stu Mocker once. And I think then they, they reintroduced him a couple more times in part six. And that's actually one of the things though, too, I, I find it interesting that Billy Loomis, like even in the follow-up in, in the previous entries, you know, Billy Loomis is always mentioned in those. It's like, I would have actually have liked it if it was like something involving more Stu Mocker, you know, because like I said, he's sort of like treated like this, I don't know, like this, like, like, 
just maybe the redheaded stepchild of the partnership between him and right. Billy Loomis. Well, there's always going to be the rock star, and that's Billy Loomis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stu Stu Macher was just like I, you know the drummer. He was a backup. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was a drummer, and you know, it's, but okay. So uh, he wasn't the lead singer. Yeah, right. yeah. So, so she's going to try to so. Uh, Tara's going to try to escape, and she runs to the door, and the killer's there, and she closes the door and manages to, to lock it through the security system, but... They keep unlocking. She, she she would lock it on her phone, and then it would unlock, and then lock, and then unlock. Yeah, so the killer uh, managed to get her security information. <laughs> right. And then, the, you know, the killer shows up, you know, the, you know big uh, fight scene, and then the killer stabs her, and he's about to stab her, and then we cut to the title, Scream, Scream, not Scream 5, Scream, and I, I, I was kind of curious about that when I watched this again, because I'm like, after you get that shot of the killer raising the knife up and bringing right. it down, all of a sudden you'd think she'd be dead. dead right, Cause, yeah. Because she, like, barely had a chance to, like, escape. Right, I mean, like, how, how, did, how did she live to tell yeah, about it? we never uh, really find out about that. Like, did the killer, like, because at one point you do hear the police coming, but the killer still manages to, like, go over there and raise yeah. the, his hands he, up. He, like, must have, he must have missed a, an artery or, or a, a, a vital organ or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> but, so then we then switch locations to... Um, Outside Modesto. of bowling alley, yeah, yeah. Outside of bowling alley, where um, Tara, uh, not Tara, where Sam works. Yeah, Tara's estranged older sister, Sam, played by Melissa Barrera, and uh, her boyfriend Richie Kirsch, played by Jack Quaid, and they're outside talking, bullshitting, like you know, like 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 any opening, like any next scene featuring two characters introducing this, yes. them to us, and she gets a call from um, Wes. Uh, we yeah, Wes Hicks, played by. Uh, Dylan Minette, uh, and Wes Hicks is supposed to be the son of the local sheriff Judy Hicks. Right. So, and, uh, and I really I, liked his character. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted yeah, them to do more with his it. His character was all right. I do, however, I'm not a fashion guy, but uh, by a long stretch, but uh, I would not have had him had that frosted hair. That was that, that was very, that was very that was very late nineties. That was so <laughs> awful. I love it when <laughs> the characters said. Oh, your hair looks very nice. I almost <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, was she yeah, saying it facetiously like, though? Uh, no, like it, it looked like she meant it. I'm like, oh, I, I just want to go. Oh my god, don't frost your hair, buddy. Just, <laughs> natural hair color is okay. You know? I mean, like mine. Mine is gray. Mine is, no, mine is black with some gray coming through. But I'm fine with it. <laughs> You know, some people do like the aged, you know, salt and pepper look. But yeah. It's it's the not silver gotten, fox. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It hasn't gotten to that point yet. But I, but uh, you know, I, I. Side note: I've had had people tell me I should diet, and I said no, I won't because I've heard the horror stories behind that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know that that does help you lose your hair a little faster, from what I've heard. But anyway, so or you could be like my old boss who who was who was a, had had silver for a long time. And then he was wanted to get back out in the dating uh, a while later, and he went to dye his hair back to like when he was in his twenties or thirties, and he was roughly about seventy at the time. And uh, he had an allergic reaction, and his face turned all red and poofy, puffy. No. <laughs> By that point, I would have just said, "Look, you know what? Just yeah, uh, you know what? Don't do that. And if you can't get a date here in America, just go passport, bro. Okay, <laughs> just do that." <laughs> No judgments here. I'm just saying. So, anyways, um, so they they head over to go see uh, Terror in the hospital, 
And uh, while, and of course, while they're going there, uh, Richie has never seen any of the stab movies, or he doesn't know much about the 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 history of Billy Loomis and Woodsboro. Right. And, he, and he, she tries <laughs> to explain what stab is to him. He goes, "Oh, like Halloween." And she goes, no, not. And then he goes, like oh, Halloween, fine. a little bit, like, like a little bit like Halloween. I thought that was a funny give and take, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, I mean, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, it, you right. know, if if you didn't have Halloween, you you know, you wouldn't have stab, and if you didn't have movies featuring chopped limbs, you wouldn't have blood feast. So it's it yeah. it, it, it does. You mean, you mean like Jason, <laughs> like Friday the Thirteenth? That too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you, in other words, yes, some of those things do go hand in hand. It's true. But so then they end up at, at Woods, Woodsboro and then they go to the hospital and they see uh, Tara and her friends. Now, her friends are uh, Wes Hicks, played by Dylan Minnette, mm-hmm. um, Liv, played by Sonia Amar, and uh, the, the twins, Chad, which is played by Mason Gooding, and Mindy Meeks Martin played by Jasmine Savoy Brown. And then there's Amber played by Mikey Madison and they're all there at the hospital. And then, you know, there's the usual meet and greet and, you know, how's everybody doing and how's Tara doing. And then, and, um, uh, everybody leaves except, uh, Sam, she's going to stay behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, and then there's, so now there's another character in this movie that doesn't manage to make it till the end of the movie. And it's this character Oh my God! It was um, it was this person. Oh yeah, Vince Schneider. The, oh, you're talking about the the, the fling that the that uh, the, the the jock Liv. boyfriends. Yeah, Liv, yeah, Liv yeah, yeah. Had a fling with at one point during and, last summer. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like his character is supposed to be red herring, obviously, but he gets dispatched quickly. very quickly. I th- oh, is he the is he the quickly. isn't he the first one to actually. Die in the film in this one? I can't remember. Yeah, he is the first one to die in this movie. Yeah. There's a scene where you know the friends are at this bar, which I was so thrown off by this scene. They're playing pool, but it's at a bar, right. and I was thinking, are these they, are high schoolers. Yeah, yeah, they're high school. Are they drinking? Because at one point, one of them is like, I think one of them pulls a flask out. But I mean, like, but besides that, I'm like, are they like, are they ordering booze there? I mean, what's the drinking age at Woodsboro? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't think anybody was really drinking per se. They're just hanging out, which is weird because they're not. Well, I think any law really, you're not no underage people in a bar. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's just the way how it. But the way how it's shot, you right? Know, you get the feeling. You get the feeling like they're there participating in the, in the um, you know the local distillery. But at the same time, it's like, you know. It would have been better if there were a couple of wide shots of them just standing there drinking cokes, you know. I mean, right. it, well, it would help. You know, and the first time we're actually introduced to them is they're hanging out, much like the opening, much like the one of the opening scenes of the original screen movie. There's all these right. cast of characters are hanging out on the front lawn of our campus of the high school. And right. what's really kind of cool is that if you remember the principal over the intercom saying everybody's go, everybody go home with curfew. Remember, do you remember that from the first movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with uh, Harry or the Fonz's character. <laughs> The, yeah, the principal's Henry Winkler, Henry Winkler, 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 the principal. Do you know who that voice was in this movie? No, who was it? That was Drew Barrymore. She was a principal. Really? The, 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 yes, the the uh, the chick that dies, uh, Casey, um, Casey Becker, and uh, yeah, yeah, 
And but I, I didn't know she provided her voice. For yeah, that. she oh. provided that. But yeah, I, I only knew that because I was watching one of the behind the scenes things, and they were like, "Yeah, we want to do an homage. We want to have everybody come back and kind of like give these little Easter egg nuggets that you know like the diehard fans will you know appreciate." And I thought, "Wow," because she only says like probably about two sentences, and it's a and it's a, on a PA system. It's it's, it's basically just a voiceover. <laughs> but yeah, you wouldn't have thought. If, yeah, you know, I wouldn't I have would thought have- of. But I, but now I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it could have been some like nondescript actress right. that came in that did commercials. Right, like, it could, it could have been the, it could have been a PA or the DP providing the voiceover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here, but, read this. Okay. Right. But I, I thought that was a little bit of a of a missed opportunity in this movie to knock off the Vince Schneider character because it's like yeah. he's introduced like he's going to be this main like 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 yeah he pulls a blade this, yeah yeah like like he's going to be this this um i guess you could say red herring and then he ends up right. getting dispatched yeah. quickly and i'm like why i mean like you know at least at least you know create the mystery here a little right. bit but and, and of course he gets killed by getting stabbed in the throat while he's outside taking a piss and someone you know the killer breaks well, in his car right the key on and everything and, and i gotta say I got, uh, the music that they chose uh and it's been in every single screen movie and i like look forward to hearing it every time there's a new screen movie or whenever time we watch it is uh nick cavett or nick nick cavett's uh red right hand yeah and, and it, that's in every single screen movie and i and i and i think it's just such a great song and it's like uh and it just it makes me think of scream <laughs> Well, hopefully he gets good royalties off of that too. I'm sure. I'm sure he's doing just fine. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I don't follow his. I haven't followed his career in a while, so I mean, I don't know what he's done since or, or before that. But um, yeah, that was a big hit for him. I mean, I'm sure he's getting pretty, getting paid pretty good money. Yeah, I'm sure he's like whatever. Whenever the check comes in, I feel yeah. very proud of myself. Yep. <laughs> so, so, but, but the Vince character gets dispatched in this, yes. and then we cut back to the hospital and. Um, uh, Sam gets a phone call, and of course it's the killer. Uh, yeah. You know, and then uh, the killer. Now this part I kind of thought was a stretch. She's in the um, a waiting room, you know, where they have the vending machines and all right. that. Right. Yeah. And she gets the phone call. In the break room. And, yeah. Yeah, in the break room, and she gets the phone call, and it's the killer on the phone. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, she's like, "Well, you, you know, like you're gonna have to show. Why don't you just show yourself or whatever?" You. Oh, I. And, and it's the classic. Oh, show myself. Oh, I certainly will. And then. <laughs> The killer is like hiding behind a door <laughs> and she's like within like just like one or two feet away from it. And I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't you know, she the killer's talking to her on the phone, but wouldn't she have heard, she heard that? The... I mean I mean the staging of that is a little bit of a stretch. I would have been like, right. oh, Yeah, if you're in the same room and you're else. talking, you're you're gonna hear you're gonna hear at least if you hear the entire conversation, you can still hear oh, people yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we will get to it when we get to part six, but there was a scene in there that I thought was pretty neat involving the cell phone with Gail Weathers. But but we'll we'll save that when we get to that one down the line. But anyways, so so, of course, the killer shows up, attacks, and then, of course, the, the killer runs away. And then there's the, the, the deputy that shows up that apparently has a terrible ass haircut and you know doesn't really doesn't really and, and of course you know doesn't find the killer he's just like he comes out with his gun a gun ablaze and yeah. the, you know, killer's gone <laughs> and then kind of he, he gives a look around like a mean look like a hard glare like who's there yeah, he, yeah he's like well what, what happened i get a rump on that guy where is he <laughs> so and then there's the big reveal that um uh, t- well, no, actually, no. We're then introduced to um, 
uh, oh God, what's her name? I'm forgetting her name. Hold on a second. Uh, uh, Sheriff Judy Hicks, played yes. by Marley Shelton. She was originally Deputy Hicks. Judy Hicks in Part 4. And apparently she has some amazing lemon squares. <laughs> <laughs> and she... Now, she's questioning... Um, uh, uh, Sam about um, yeah, uh, Sam about the whole thing, and uh, you know, and it turns out that Sam has had a very very uh, tumultuous history in uh, Woodsboro when she lived there. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, we don't really get to hear about some of the things she did exactly. That uh, drinking, her... and, yeah, drinking and, dr- well, and drug drinking use, and drugs, but you know, but besides that, no thievery or, or felonies felonies of any kind you know or like did she threaten people or she was just, just a troubled youth yeah yeah so then uh sam eventually decides to tell tara about the whole thing about her being um related to billy loomis billy loomis hadn't had a had a brief affair with their, their mother, right? And then, well, because Sid wasn't giving it up, if you remember from part one, <laughs> so he he had to get his whistle wet somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a stretch in this movie, I must say. But, anyways, so, um, and of course, the mother knew, and she kept it a secret from their father because and, and lied about it, and then. Of course, how did she figure out she, this whole thing? Uh, Sam, Sam found her old di- diary from high school and was reading it and came across that uh, that she, that her mother was dating two guys at once. And one of the guys got her pregnant. It was Billy Loomis. And uh, she kept that, like you said, she kept that fun fact from her, yeah. from, from, the, from her boyfriend or that, her then boyfriend, now husband. Yeah, I don't, and, know what's, I don't know what's worse, the, the Billy Loomis connection or the fact that her mother was pretty much being a Jezebel and having two relations. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, weigh the options, folks. <laughs> but anyways, go ahead. Yeah, so no. So she, she confronts her mother about it and she confesses to it only that she did, doesn't know that her stepdad is standing right behind her and he hears yeah. everything and then he takes off. Sam blames herself. And so that's why she uh, um, starts to, uh, causing trouble as a, as, a, as a youth and then finally decides to leave because she doesn't want to bring Tara down or, or her or yeah. whatever, whatever bullshit excuse was that she didn't want to, she didn't want to, uh, you know, be around yeah, Tara. I, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. And I thought that I was, could... I thought that was kind of like, like you, like you said before, kind of a stretch, like, okay. okay. Yeah. So but you, any... yeah, whatever. But anyways. Yeah. And then of course, Tara doesn't take too kindly to this info and pretty much tells Sam to leave. And so right. now but, Sam... but she, she tells her this after the fact she's been stabbed like nine times and yeah. is recovering. <laughs> like... but anyway, well, but you know what, though, considering that, you know, the whole concept of Billy Loomis and all that was in the past, you know, the fact that this is coming up now again, I guess, you know, I mean, maybe logistically speaking, it probably did make sense that. Uh, Sam felt like maybe Tara didn't have to be privy to this information. Right. You know, who would have thought there would be another person out there trying to 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 be the next ghost face Billy Loomis do mocker killer. Right. I mean, you know, but then again <laughs> from parts 
two, three, and four, there's these alt alternate killers going around in the name of Billy Loomis. So I mean, yeah. I guess well, maybe. Well, they all, they all want to make their. I think, especially in well, well, three. You know, we were introduced to uh, at the, where Neve Campbell's mother, Mar Margaret Prescott, or whatever, Margot Prescott, whatever. Uh, Sydney Prescott. Yeah, the mother, the mother, though, not Sydney, but the oh, mother, the mother, the mother. mother yeah, yeah. She went out to Hollywood and was uh, used a different a different name. It was. In a couple of low budget features, uh, horror movies, and that she actually, um, you know, had an illegitimate son with another person. Got rid of, you know, basically gave him up for adoption. She moved, changed her name, and you know, had uh, Sydney. And so, I mean, there's all these kind of uh, things that. <laughs> yeah, and, and didn't I say, Tim? It always felt like a soap opera when they bring up these, uh, <laughs> you know, revelations. It's yeah. like, I mean, like you have to really like, you have to really ingrain your mind to the continuity of the series in order to piece it all together. Because like I said, it's like whenever, whenever they bring up a twist or a revelation, it just feels like, you know, you're waiting for that organ music. They hit dun, dun, dun. Well, it, it, it helps to watch these movies in order within, uh, let's say a, a few days or a few weeks yeah, <laughs> of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no flashback repeat sequence. Yeah. I mean, if, I if mean, Charlie Band made this, he would have had like a 10-minute uh, flashback sequence, <laughs> like, in, like in Evil Bong 2 or whatever. He would just take footage from Evil Bong 1 and like just pad it out. <laughs> <laughs> or or like, uh, was it Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, where it's all yeah. just... A, oh, yeah, where it's all just, just a, stock footage from part one. Yeah, with... with <laughs> Yeah, which may, I was like, I forgot how bad that fucking movie is. <laughs> and, you know, and the only sequence in there that feels new is where he goes garbage day, and that's like, that. <laughs> it's like, it's like, man, I hope that I hope that scene didn't cost a lot of money <laughs> versus the post production. Yeah. But the, uh, so it is decided by uh, Sam and her boyfriend Richie that they need to team up with Tara's friends, but they also need to get some outside help from people that have experienced the whole uh, Billy Loomis Woodsboro murders. And this leads us to Tim. Oh, hunting down deputy Dewey or uh, a sheriff deputy Dewey or well, sher former sheriff Dewey. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Dewey, I got it. <laughs> uh, yes. And once again, played by um, uh, David Arquette, David Arquette. Yeah. Yeah. I was I, I tried. Damn drew a blank there um and of course in this once again he's down and out and in this case he's really down and out he's living in a he's he, retired yeah he's, living. yeah he's he's retired quote unquote he's living in a in a, in a trailer he's drinking he's pretty much doing nothing he's watching know. he's watching gail uh on good morning america-esque type tv show yep because, uh, because like in all the other um previous films gail weathers played by courtney cox has managed to find her fame and fortune every single time <laughs> and uh he's watching her and of course once again they're on the outs uh, what else is new right tim yeah <laughs> they've always been on the outs <laughs> well the, she, they the, were the, married and they were on the outs the, man. They're, they're they're literally the ross and rachel or sam and oh, diane of the scream oh franchise <laughs> Yeah, and that's what I mean when I say like, I kind of wish that they would just do something slightly different. Like, how about like they just got back together, or maybe Dewey has, you know, they did that in part three. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it, they. But then were they back together in part four? Oh I, God, I have to. I, you know what? I will. I'll tell you that in a little bit when I go rewatch that with uh, with okay. Nate. Because <laughs> I mean, like they're always separated, you know, and yes. they're always and they're always bitching about something that somebody else did in regards to the the you know like. 
Gail Weathers is like still successful because she keeps milking the incidents that happen in, in Woodsboro with her. And, yes. you know, and, and, and Dewey doesn't like the way how she does that because she's always saying like, being very very disingenuous about him and right in her memoir making him looking like an, like an idiot <laughs> yeah even though at one point they were married together or whatever <laughs> and it was like what the fuck you know how about like he gets some nice vengeance and maybe right. like she's on the outs and they're right and he saves her life how many times in yeah, this in, in this in the franchise that's, that's what i mean when i say you can bring the characters back but you can change it up a little bit in terms of like what's happening to them but anyways so yeah maybe she saves uh, his life for once <laughs> yeah yeah or, or you know or maybe like hey he, he's actually more successful now and and maybe gail weathers um uh got on the wrong side of the law and reported some incident involving some politicians they decided to fuck up her career and now <laughs> working in like the the back room of a uh, news editing facility yeah, editor- actually but, who knows know. maybe part seven will do that <laughs> uh, God, no in part seven she'll just be retired you know, we all know where that's gonna go and she won't be broke and she'll still oh and she probably won't think about dewey ever again because what happens to dewey in this film is uh it's a travesty uh, in my opinion a travesty yeah so they go to dewey and he's not very happy hearing the news about how uh sam is the uh Ill, the illeg- the uh legitimate well illegitimate child or whatever of uh billy loomis and uh you know he he pretty much like says well you know there's the three rules you know you you, you, you can't trust your uh, loved one you mm-hmm. uh what were the other rules again? It was uh, yeah. It's oh, it's always a love interest. <laughs> yep. And they uh, betray you. And uh, yeah, I forget the other ones, but yeah, he. But he's he's really on the nose about the love interests. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, considering that his own love interest betrayed him, I guess uh, it made sense. So, yes. So then, you know, he's like, ah, he just doesn't want to help him out. You know, the memories and the trauma, traumatic experience, just isn't helping him. Yeah. And then there's a moment where he calls Sidney Prescott, played by uh, Nev, Nev Campbell, right? Yes. Uh, and she's living somewhere else. She's got a kid, and she's just trying to live her life. And right. um, pretty much just lets her know that, uh, you know, hey, the, the ghost face is back. So we have no, you know, and tells her, to, you know, just you yeah, know, be safe. Like, uh, safe. and she goes, I, I, I survived, you know, for like the last 20 years, Dewey, I've, I've, I've got a gun. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. But he's being nice about letting her know. And then of course right. he sends a text. You're right. That's pretty because, funny. He's like, Ooh, I probably shouldn't have sent this to my face. <laughs> yeah. Because he asked her, I hope everything is fine with you. Smiley face. He's like, ah, damn, I shouldn't have sent that. <laughs> so, and then Dewey finally decides to whip out his old badge and his gun and, go over and help them and then and then we're we get together with the friends of um uh uh tara's friends Mm -hmm. with uh and we find out that um to sort of like create a full circle moment here uh chad and mindy meeks martin are are uh related to their uncle which was, was randy randy meeks who was killed in part three, correct? Part two, part two. Killed in part two. Part two? I thought he was killed in three. Two. He got he got he got pulled into a van on a college campus and stabbed. Oh, okay, uh, but he does yeah. he does appear in part three via a video a videotape. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, you're right. Which for some reason he managed to record thinking he was gonna get killed. Yes. He's like <laughs> if you if you're watching this video, it means I did not survive uh college or survive the the, the attacks uh, that have been going on at the college. So, although he did reveal who he lost his virginity to, so <laughs> that was news as well. Yes, so, yes. Uh, 
yeah, that 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 was, that was a funny. Uh, I I chuckled quite heartily at the that um, the little between the, the give and take between Randy's video, Randy, and then what Dewey was his his reaction to Randy's video. Yeah. <laughs> so if we're introduced to to that concept. I don't know. I, I kind of thought it was a stretch that uh, they would be like related to him on some level. I mean, I know what they were trying to go for with it, but I yeah, was just cause like, he's eh. got, well, because well, Martha, I think it's Martha. Uh, is it Martha? Who's Randy or was Randy's sister? She, she appeared in, um, Oh, she was in the movie. Welcome to the dollhouse. What is her name? Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait oh a minute. shoot. Oh, um, uh, oh, Heather Mar yes Mat Matarazzo yes yes who yes, plays it, yes who plays Martha the the sister yes yes the sorry yeah the sister yes and uh, I I liked her even though she appeared for like one minute on screen yeah and I love how she appears in one minute and you know she's serving uh, you know soft drinks to yeah lemonade and something lemonade else. and stuff to a her to a bunch of people that are discussing what they're going to do to catch the murderer in this movie <laughs> or figure it out. And it's like, shouldn't you be concerned that your own children might be involved with it? <laughs> Oh, she, oh, she's been doing this for like twenty years too. It's, it's, it's this is nothing. Ghostface is yeah, nothing new to her. She brushes it off like June Cleaver. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, Ward. <laughs> I mean, and that's what I mean. Well, and that's why I agree with you. Like, she should have been in more of the movie. It yeah. would have actually added probably something to it. But anyway, yeah. so she got almost as much screen time as uh, Sheriff Judy. So <laughs> or it, Judy, right? Sheriff Judy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Hicks. Hicks. Yeah. So, so Mindy gives this uh, uh, theory about what's going on here, and Tim, you want to take a stab at this? Because I, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I she... had a hard time keeping up with it because I, I just felt like it was a again for the concept of the movie, it was just getting a little too much. But you, Tim, why don't you? Explain she, she explains is. that this is a. Uh, it's not a sequel there it's a requel and that means <laughs> that means they're introducing legacy characters which you know art imitates life or life imitates art however you want to look at it uh because we've got obviously um Dewey's back on the scene um and so is uh, uh, uh Gail Weathers so yeah well Gail Weathers is back in the scene but she isn't showing up just right, yet right and... but the return of legacy characters or the return of legacy characters in the requel and um that all bets are off uh the killer can kill the original cat you know the original cast the the legacy characters and they can kill anyone basically and that's well within the rules yeah, I, and, and and you know it's it's all right, but I I, I thought the concept of the, the whole requel thing was like, uh, I mean I did get what she was saying about how the concept of legacy characters and remakes, and she says in in, in the fandom, yes. um, is divided between you know wanting say the difference between the elevated horror and the classic style horror as well. Right. So, I mean, like I, I thought those are very interesting, but I just thought that the explanation of it being called a requel, because I was like, so you're bringing back legacy characters, quote unquote, but it's still a follow-up from the previous entry. So technically a sequel, I wouldn't, I mean, like, you know, the definition. Yeah, it's, not, it's, not a, well, yeah, it's not a reboot. 
It's not a it's sequel. Not a it's not a sequel. It's a, but it's a requel. So but like, it is a sequel because it, it's following up from everything that, you know, the, the Billy Loomis character and the legacy of Billy Loomis and all that shit. I right. mean, I, I, it, it's uh, whatever. It, 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 it makes I, your head hurt a little bit, but I, I get what they're trying. What's old is new again, and they're trying to put a different spin on it. I can't believe this was co-written by the guy that wrote Zodiac. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's just, you know, and that's a very good movie, but I'm not saying this doesn't have its moments, but I yeah. mean, you know, come on. Right. I hope he, I hope James Vanderbilt got a good check for this. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he's just fine. <laughs> got more money than we do. <laughs> yeah. So they're talking about this and going over suspects because, you know, the suspects could be the killer could be any one of these people. It could be uh, it could be Dewey because he's now down and out and, and uh, you know, uh, still suffering through trauma of the previous entries. And, uh, you know, what and, 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 you know, the other characters, you know, it could be Mindy Meeks Martin because she knows all the, the rules of the horror movies. Right. And, you know, she you know, or it could be this or it could be that. So, you know, there. The, these characters are now essentially suspects amongst themselves. Right. Everyone's a suspect. <laughs> yeah, everyone's a suspect. Yeah. Um, so then uh, we then cut to uh, Sheriff Judy Hicks. She's off duty and she's going to go get Chinese food for her and her son, mm-hmm. uh, Wes. And she leaves and Wes is going to take a shower, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I kind of flipping the script on having the girl yeah. take a shower. Yeah, yeah, and I would, I kind of wish it was the big-breasted girl that would take the shower. <laughs> Anyways. Not with the kid with the frosted tip. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, his showering goes on, for, it felt like it went on forever. <laughs> you know? Jesus, where's Michelle Bauer and Linnea Quigley when you need them? But anyways, so, <laughs> so while he's taking his shower, um, Judy gets a phone call, and, of course, shocker, it's the killer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and... and- <laughs> and so she tra- so she immediately tries calling her son and he's not picking up because well he's in the shower. And so she pulls a 180 from freaking uh going to pick up Chinese food. She flips on the lights, she calls for backup like any rational police officer or human being would do, saying, Hey, converge at my house right now, something bad is going down. I need help ASAP. Yeah, I gotta and, say, talk about the smartest police officer in like the whole series. <laughs> actually right. So she arrives uh, and it's broad daylight now. Now this is something I don't think has been previously done in the other four movies. I could be mistaken, dear listeners. I, uh, but I'm going off just my, my brain right now, but the, 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 the last two movies we watched, not the first four. Um, I believe this is the first outdoor in the middle of daylight killing. Uh, because it happens right on her on her sidewalk, on her, in a front porch, broad daylight. You would assume there'd be people around, right? Right. In and, a, in, in a um, residential area. Right in a residential area. We're not talking, uh, you know, like when Casey Becker bit it uh, in, in the middle of nowhere with her house and her parents driving up the long road. Um, no, this was like I want to say, like your suburban house, my suburban house. It's like there's. It's bound to be people around, walking a dog or fuck, I don't know, anything, right? And this killer, and the ghost face just pops out from behind like a bush in front of the front porch. I'm like, and brutally fucking attacks her. I'm like, I felt really bad for for Hicks. (laughs) Well, and Maybe the other reason why there's no one around there is because they were all just following COVID protocols, and you know <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Right. But COVID does not exist in the Scream world right now. <laughs> it does not. No, no. 
Well, you know, the, the killing in the day, daytime. Uh, I know this is a stretch, but I'm just going to have fun with it. Yeah. They're probably taking a cue from Ray Dennis Steckler with Thrill Killers, you know. <laughs> Most of them are in a daytime. Right. <laughs> but anyways, no, I, I do agree, though. I mean, it, it it's... um. I did. I thought that was a little bit of a like a, like an out of nowhere moment where the killer just pops up from behind the bushes in front of her house and kills right. her in broad daylight. And of course, Wes is like walking around the house and doesn't even know that that's happening. Yeah. Like like at one point he's gonna walk over by the door, but he stops and he's checking like like something written a note written on the refrigerator. Yeah. You know, lemon square lemon squares are, are in the fridge. Um, love mom. And then he's getting like she, he's getting ready. He's getting the cups and plates and stuff for, for her to come home with the yeah. Chinese food. Uh, and what happens? And, and I really feel bad. I, I mean, I felt bad for uh, Ju- uh, Judy Hicks' character and Wes's character because I'm like, they were brutal fucking murders. I'm like, I want to say even more brutal than part three. And f- well, part four was pretty brutal, but I want to say there was some of the most really brutal uh, murders coming up. Like, you, and you know what though? It's interesting too because I do. You want to talk about. Okay, so, you know, the standards and practices of your slasher movie technically is you have characters that you, you know, yeah, yeah, that are fodder. and You have characters out there that you don't really care too much about, but you don't want them dead because they're the main function of the movie. Right. And, and, And unfortunately... Sometimes the writing lets that down because, you know, you have one dimensional characters and you're trying to differentiate and figure it out. And I'll be fair. There's not much we get to know about Judy Hicks or for that matter, Wes, you know, basically just mother son relationship. And, you know, she's the sheriff and he's her son right and, and he you know. and he's and he's kind of friend in the group and you know, right, right. you get he's the one that calls sam to bring her to the hospital he's right. the one that uh is is the most apprehensive as you get out of the group uh whether you first meet them when they're sitting around uh, on, right. the, uh, on the on the on the on the campus right. and well, i just no, yeah no i just i felt like there there could have been more done with his character they could have right. given him a couple extra scenes maybe they did that didn't just make the cutting room that made that did that didn't get past the cutting room floor you know but it's, their death sequences in here are pretty vicious oh like, yeah you do feel bad for him it's like yeah come on man come on. i'm like right in the cheek and just like oh god <laughs> like uh, oh boy and yes. then of course after this whole thing guess who shows up at the crime scene to report it it's Gail Weathers. Yep, and then once again, she and Dewey argue, and it's like, oh my god! Yeah, I, but, I, but, but I, I love the fact that that she's pissed at him for just a second, and he's like, he's like, he goes, you, you, I find out through a text. You send send me a text. He's like, well, yeah, you were on the air. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, and it's like, oh, it's like, and you kind of get a, a backstory, and this is where I really kind of like. Oh, he still loves. It really does still love her. He goes like, you know what? I, you know, I, it, it, the more the mornings are the best part of my day because at least in the mornings for a couple of hours I get to pretend that everything is okay. We're still together, basically, because I get to, he gets to see her every day. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm like, oh crap. Well, that's pretty goddamn sentimental. I'm like, okay, fucking a. And then and then, and then he gets pissed at her because he's like, so she, she I came immediately. He goes, and I and I see you brought the news crew. She goes, yeah. Well, I as soon as, soon as I told my producers that you know I was going to go. It was ninety percent you and like ten percent this. He goes, well, I feel ninety percent better. <laughs> I, and, and I love it too. And that's what I'm talking about. It's like Courtney Cox, her character, still is this like, what do you want to call it? Um, this opera journalistic journalist 
optic opportunist here who right. constantly keeps pissing she's, people she, off. She's just of she's this always thing. chasing the story. Yeah, she's always. Yeah, and I understand it's the point of it. You know, her her character is supposed to be a journalist. She's supposed to chase the story, but but it's this. It's like her character never changes in this series because yeah. remember, you know, she's like this in the other previous entries, and then it's like, you know. At the end of the movie, she gets that realization, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I should be a little more understanding and thoughtful. And then cut to sequel number four, she's back to being the same way she was yeah. in the movie. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but that's what I mean. I, I kind of wished the characters were a little different in terms of their in terms of their outcomes here. But whatever, it, it, it is nice to have them back. So I will, right. I will not discount that. Right. But so now there's a situation with Tara at the hospital. It turns out Tara has been left by herself because, you know, the, the sheriff has been killed. So obviously all the deputies and police work are out there trying to, like, you know, investigate the crime scene. Right. And Tara's by herself. And who shows up, Tim? <sighs> Ghostface. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ghostface. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, we just haven't followed it. Yeah, Ghostface shows up. Question yeah. mark. <laughs> Question mark. The Ghostface shows up. Yes. And she's trying to like avoid, you know, being caught by him. Like, it actually wasn't a bad scene. I did kind of like it. Yeah. Trying to like close. I like I like I like this scene more than I like the the scene, the previous scene where uh, he she attacked um, uh, Tara Arby not Tara uh, Sam in the break. This but was I do. But I do love how she's alone in this one wing of the hospital. Right, but, but that there's, goes back to every single freaking slasher movie we have. I, know, I mean, Halloween no 2 and all. Like, this is a hospital. Like, there are other sick people. There's other orderlies. There's other everything. Yeah, like, she's but, the only one there. But, there's but don't no they, one there. There's, 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 no char- there's no charge nurse. There's no, but there's no the, text. But, did, did, did some, but didn't she run across somebody that was murdered with one of the cops or something like that? I feel I like... No, I think it was just one of the cops that was killed. Yeah, but, but yeah, that was on in the, in the wing. But yeah, it's like yeah, trying to remember. Or, or, or by the nurses' so. station. Like, yeah, yeah, because she because I think she rolls over to him and she gets freaked and then then she starts to slow chase down the hallway. Okay. Dark. Yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it be it would be a lot more populated and I don't, and I don't know if they put her in a special wing because of who she is, but she's not a super she's not a celebrity. She's just a normal person who went through this traumatic experience. I, I think there would still be. It's not like she was a uh, you know. Uh, like under lock and key or whatever. It would have been better if, like, say, uh, the sheriff Judy Hicks character told the uh, put administra- under, yeah, administration, "We're gonna we're protection. gonna put her under protection. We need half this wing cleared." Right. You know? But but you, we mean, never get that. So maybe they didn't or they didn't. But I'm like, like you said, I'm like, this is a huge hospital. Like. <laughs> There should be people walking in around. In a small town called Woodsboro, too. Yeah, it's like, right. <laughs> so the killer's on the loose. And then, of course, who shows up? Uh, Dewey and uh, uh, Tara. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Dewey and... Uh, Gail. No, 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 Sam. Gail oh, Sam. Show up. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. They, they, they go their separate ways after and that. And they eventually do, they do, quote, unquote, kill Ghostface. But, of course, before they leave... Dewey realizes no, they're only dead if you uh, shoot make him sure in the head. Oh yeah. Well, we should also mention it. Rich, Richie's also there with them too. I think uh, Richie goes to. I think he's is he wa- he's watching the stab movies, eating pizza in like a break. Uh, it, it, I, I, feel I think it, he no, that was in the first sequence where he was in the hospital. Okay, they're interrogating him, and he said, "I was in the break room watching this, watching Netflix or whatever." Yeah, we're watching the, watching stab movies, eating pizza or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. 
So, but now this is where the chorus direction changes for this movie because guess Tim, why don't you tell us what happens to do this, 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 this really, this one, I mean, I want to say when I first, when Randy first died, this one really, that hurt, but this one hurts more in my opinion. Um, uh, so Dewey comes to the, says, comes to the rescue, shoots them, Richie and, uh, Sam and Tara escape. They're, they all escape in the elevator and Dewey should have stayed with them. But Dewey's like, no, 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 I got to finish the job. So he goes back after he's unloaded his gun in, in this, uh, in this go- person, this ghost face person. And he goes over to shoot, shoot ghost face and ghost face ends up stabbing him in the gut. And then just kind of like, just going to town on him, just like, it's supposed to stab him like I don't know twenty five times. Like, um, yeah, and 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 so, but basically, Dewey gets killed. Yeah, and there there goes one of the legacy characters gone for gone gone, but not yeah. gone, but not forgotten. Now Dewey's been stabbed a lot of times, and but he's always been uh, his character's always managed somehow to survive. And he's like, I think he even mentioned something. He's like. I'm not dying today. You are or something like that. And then Ghostface says, you know what? It is your time to die today. And yeah. yada, yada, yada. And then, um, and then, then he says, then the person says something very creepily. He's like, it was an honor to have been the one to kill you. <laughs> and right. <laughs> and then, then that's when Gail Weather shows up. Right. I, I believe she, she shows up. Oh, yeah, uh, she, she shows up there. She right. Shows up there after after you know getting into the fight with the little argument with him with, with Dewey. But isn't that also when uh, Nev Campbell? Sydney Prescott. Yeah. Sydney. Yeah, yeah, Nev Campbell's character, Sydney Prescott, shows up, and that's what really kind of bummed me out a little bit too. Is that the three legacy characters didn't get to really share any screen time together? You know. Well, and they just they, they, and they just reiterate the same talking points that we've heard from the series from their characters so many times. You know, so it's not real. So the information that they give here is not really new to right. the, to, to the history or for that matter the scenario. They just show up, which is you know again that was kind of the and I know I'm in regards to the show I'm in the minority about this, but that was the problem that I had with Ghostbusters Afterlife was when they finally had the original characters, the, the Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson show up at the end. It was just like, you know, it was like a, it was like classic Greek Deus Ex Machina, but at the same time, it was like they're just there for the last 15 minutes of the movie and that's it. You know, there's nothing else going on for them. Well, in, they're gonna, case, well, in that sequel, there's going to there be in there a lot more. I promise yeah, well, you. They, well, they better give them a lot more to do. I'm just going to yeah. say, but anyways, so in here, it's like the same thing, except, you know, here they're just reiterating the same talking points right. that we've heard before. They do get into the big finale at the end, but you know, they just show up and they're like there to be the, you know, like, telling uh sam tara and uh sam's boyfriend richie you know hey you guys can't leave the killer's still out there and they're like no we're gonna leave right and, and, and the thing and, is I, I really liked richie's character because i th- always thought he was very sympathetic he's always like we gotta leave we gotta go let's get the fuck out of here you know like yeah, yeah. um and I, I like the fact that he, he uh throughout the movie he has no idea what stab is and then he's just kind of learning for the first time like this uh this uh plethora of information <laughs> right uh about this series that he had no idea existed which uh at the end becomes a really kind of a cool turning point um and 
he's he's like, yeah, you know, uh, this fandom is really, really weird and kind of toxic, you know. And he's like, uh, yeah. In part four, didn't he? They had a flamethrower and they were in space. Oh, yeah, or he's right. like, it, it had nothing to do with the whole entire Woodsboro or anything else. So I, I really love the way they kind of even poked fun at themselves at certain points in, in, in the in this film because uh, you're like, yeah, that's pretty funny. I'm like, yeah, they're 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 kind of having a goof on us and on each other. So it's it's fine. It's all done in, in love. So, right. but anyway, uh, so uh, uh, well, they they leave. Yes, leave the hospital. And but what do they do? What does what does uh, uh, Sydney Prescott do? To, well, she manages to put a tracking device on the car, which I right. was like, wow, how did she know that would be their car? <laughs> well, maybe she knows she saw Richie's car she saw them get well I don't yeah that's a good question Chris how did she know what, what car they pulled up in so so Sydney Prescott is now the female James Bond in this series she's managed to figure out what their car is even though get a good tracking device in their car even though you know it's like how did you know that would be their car you know but right. anyways to speed the story up she puts a tracking device on the right. car and so they just now Tara left her inhaler, right? Her uh, extra inhaler back at the hospital, but she realizes that, oh, it's probably over at um, her friend's house or friend's Amber's house. house. She has she has a spare at the house. It's like, and even even Richie's like, well, let's and our I think is it Santa says it or whatever. Can you can we can you la wait till we get to like. Uh, whatever town it is, Modesto or, or where they're going, uh, and we can pick up one at, at the local pharmacy there. And but she, she needs a prescription. To she get needs, that, uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So she's like, no, 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 I got one here. He's like, no, I think we should just go. But again, Richie's trying to be the voice of reason. Yeah. Uh, saying, I, I, we, got, we have to leave. <laughs> and so, I, and I love this twist that's coming up uh, that where the house and the, and everything. Uh, so they pull up to Amber's house. Mm -hmm. the, and Amber's throwing a Amber's throwing a party. But a it's awake. Awake. Oh, yes. And there's so so much underage drinking going on. <laughs> yeah. Finally, they couldn't do it at the bar. They right. Finally get this. So that, that's what's always missing in these movies: is the underage drinking in the house, the frat parties. Come on, this is what makes right. fun. So uh, they 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 go to the party and then. Richie's like, y'all got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, you know, there's a murder on the loose. Leave, please. And then he calls, what, what did he say? Something about, he was like, uh, uh, I think one of the kids throws a, a solo cup at him or yeah, he gives yeah. him a solo cup. No he, goes, no, he says, okay, I was, I was nice. Get the fuck out. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to save your lives. Get out. <laughs> no. And then of course, while all this is going on, you know, there's still like the, the, the suspect aspects here that are going on. Chad is dating, um, live and, 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 and live now live wants to have sex. I'll go upstairs. Yeah. He's like, and then Chad's like, well, can't we just hang out down here where there's, people and, <laughs> yeah. and why does he say that because he doesn't trust he doesn't trust that she's not the killer <laughs> yeah or, and then of course she walks away like she pretty much tells him to fuck off and, and uh, he goes after her well I think. Oh, eventually uh, right. no, for, eventually he does but, yeah. but before that and then uh um uh, mini meeks martin is watching uh the original stab on the television with and uh she's she gets into this weird little like 
weird cat and mouse situation between her and um, Liv? Uh, and, no, and, and Amber. Oh, Liv okay. and Amber. Oh. Because they're both trying to figure out, well, what if you're the killer? What if, right. or what if you're the killer? You know, that right. Thing. And then, oh, but I love the um, the conversation between, or the brief conversation between uh, Mindy, Meeks, and um, Liv, the, the friend of Chad. Um, and how, remember previously how you said that I was too boring to be the killer? Well, I could be. <laughs> like she's yeah, like, I know, and, yeah. And they're like, go, go, like you said, going back and forth. He's like, she goes, well, I kind of do now think you're the killer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's the whole attempt at, the, the, the whole attempt at saying, well, you don't know me, I know me, but uh, you don't know the real me, but I know, the, you know, that whole yeah. thing. Like, but I don't know you, but you know you. you know, it, <laughs> yeah, it makes your head hurt, yes. I know, it's like, oh my God, just... <laughs> Just right. stay 10 feet away from each other and see what happens. Right. Okay. And then, and then Richie comes into the room. And he's like, after everybody's out, he's like, he's like, is there any beer? He goes, yeah, it's in the basement. Why is the beer always in the fucking basement of the garage? I know. And I love it too. When, uh, when, um, um, Amber goes down, down to the basement to get the beer, but the lights don't work. Right. So she uses her phone. And then when she gets there, it opens the beer. And then suddenly she, um, uh, Mindy Meeks Martin is like right behind her, and all of a sudden the lights pop on. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what the? <laughs> She's like, well, you don't go anywhere by yourself. Like, I could be the killer. Or you, she goes like, well, and then Amber goes like, well, I could be the killer. And they're like, I'm like, okay, I, I, this, this, like, um, it's like they're 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 jousting or they're juggling for what's the word? Uh, they're daring for, one another yeah. to just murder each other. Yeah. <laughs> and oh man, so then uh, so finally we see Chad. He's out looking for Liv. Liv because he can't find her, and then he gets attacked by Ghostface. Like I think in the backyard. Yeah, he does. He gets attacked by the, the by the garage or something like that, and um, he's down. I don't know. We think he's dead. Um, and we and then Liv comes back into the living room along with, um, oh gosh. Well, she sits in the couch yeah. with um, with uh, Minnie Meeks Martin, right. and then of course they go at each other like, "Well, how do I know you're the killer?" You right. know, once again, it's like right. Jesus Christ. Right, and, and I believe she, at one point she has blood on her hands because she said she found Chad. Uh, right. Yes. Well, that comes in later. Uh, okay, what, I thought we're there yet. Okay. What, what happens is that, um, um. While they're there, Sydney Prescott and Gail Weathers are trying to find them, and they get a they get a location. Right, right. And, and, and it turns out that the house yes. that they are living in. And here's a that, twist. That, yes. Yeah, that Amber's parents own bought is the yeah that bought is the house of of um Stumacher. Stumacher, Yes, and where the killings happened. I original ki- yes, the original killings in, in the first movie. In the in the first movie, yes. Now, of course, never would have caught on to that. And by the way. The house design is probably the same, but as far as like the same furniture being there and everything, no, no. But but the, <laughs> but 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 not the furniture per se, but like the staircase and the the front yeah. door when they pull out, you're like, oh, I, I I mean, right now when I I'm getting goosebumps right now because I mean it was such a fucking cool reveal. Yeah, like, it was a pretty decent reveal. And I think and I believe the address was like. Something like uh, the, the whatever the, it was. It was a another Easter egg for horror fans. Is it was it was uh, I think address of Nightmare and El- the El- Elm Street address on from Friday. Th- I mean from Nightmare on Elm Street from Freddy Krueger. Uh, so it was like oh wow they're really they're, they're throwing everything you at you. I mean, you could probably watch this movie ten times and probably pick up like two or three more new Easter eggs you didn't yeah. catch before. Well, because it's it, so brief. It's so brief. But so 
Sydney calls them and tells them, "Do you got to get out of the house get right now?" Get the fuck out! Yeah, that's Stu's house. Stu Marker's house. They're recreating then, the uh, the original killings. Right, right. And then what happens is that while that's going on, Minnie Meeks Martin is like laying on the couch and telling the character that's playing her uncle in the scene from yes. Stab, which uh, is recreated from the screen. Yes. <laughs> he's lying there and he's watching the movie say, don't go in that room. She's doing the exact yes. same thing. And right. Ghostface shows up just like in the movie. Right. And then, and then tries to attack. No, he, he does attack her. I believe he does stab her. You know, then, she tries to, I think she misses. Does he, does he no, hit her? Well, he, no, he, no, he does stab her, but he doesn't kill her. Right. And, and I love it too. She, um, one of the uh, uh, Tara grabs a uh, like a can like a like a silver candle holder mm-hmm. candlestick holder and is about to use it to whack the killer on the. But if you watch very carefully, the killer ghost face like just like almost like raises his hands like nope, nope and then like saunters his way down the corridor. <laughs> right. So now, like, like where the hell? So, like wow, talk about being stealthy. <laughs> right. So then the lights come on and then okay, uh, th- now the uh, uh, the core are. The core group of people are not the core group. One of the core groups of people are back together, and I think this is where we find out the big reveal. Correct? Right. So basically, um, so so what's her face runs in and she says, "I got blood on my hand, but it's not. I didn't kill Chad." Oh yeah, yeah. Liv runs. No, first, um, they. uh, Let me see for a second. No, first Amber Uh and um, Amber sees. Uh, let me think for a second. Amber sees, uh, Mindy. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Amber sees Sam on the ground trying to press against um, Minnie Meeks Martin's stab wound to keep the blood from coming. Right. Out. And then she's like, "Oh my God, what are you doing? You're trying to kill her!" And all of a sudden, you're the killer. He's like, "No, I'm killer. not." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and her boyfriend Richie comes up from the basement with the beer, and he's right. like, "He's like, where were you? Like, I was down in the basement. What I was getting I was beer. Doing? Yeah, I was getting beer." And then Liv comes she, she, up with blood on her hands. Yeah, because, this is <laughs> because she found uh, Chad, Chad outside stabbed. Right. So now she's a killer, and they're, they're like, "You gotta believe me. You gotta believe me. I'm not the killer. I'm not the killer." And then Amber goes, "I know you're not the killer," and then pulls out a gun. I'm the killer. I'm Blows her brains out. Yeah, just kills, just kills Liv right then. Right. There. So, so this so, sends everybody scattered, like freak. Uh, I know. Richie Surprise. grabs Sam. I think I, I, I forget. Richie grabs Sam, and they go upstairs. Right. And yeah, I think yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know where Tara is. Tara scatters too because she's. Where where is Tara when all this is going down? I feel like she sh- should have been she around. Went up, she went upstairs, but then she got tied up, and she was put in the closet. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. That's so, right. So so at any rate. While all this mayhem is going on, uh, Sydney and Gail show up at the house. Right. And they're armed. Yes. And they're about to walk in. They hear a scream. Right. And then, and then uh, Amber and, comes running out, and she's, she's just like, like, I've been stabbed. Ah, oh, I'm going to die. And, and, and then they, I thought this was kind of funny. Gail and Sydney look at each other, and they both are pretty much like, do you believe this? No, it's, like, it's a trap. You know, it's a trap, and then all of a sudden, Amber just pulls the gun out and shoots him. Shoots um, Gail in the stomach. Gail in the stomach, yeah, and then runs back in the house. And then Sydney goes inside the house to chase him, and she's like shooting the doors, thinking that the killer is behind the doors right. or whatever. And 
the killer then eventually comes out. Oh, the killer calls Sydney while she's chasing around, right. and then the you know the killer jumps out of the one of the doors and attacks Sydney. They go flying over the railing and then they fall to the ground. Oh no! No, for, for, first she shoots. She starts shooting the doors and like, and she nails Richie in the leg. Yeah, she accidentally shoots Richie. Yeah, she goes, in the leg. "What are you doing there?" He's like, "I told." You to come and goes someone's shooting and someone and there's ghost face on the loose you want to come out <laughs> yeah. and, and then goes, that oh i love it too he goes, and then when the ghost face attacks him, he goes oh my god it's ghost face he's right there <laughs> right then she falls down and then she's like she goes richie grab the gun he goes i'd be getting there a lot faster if you didn't shot me in the leg <laughs> right right and, and then he and then it's sam that grabs the gun right and, and then Richie, Richie comes hobbling down. To her, but what he's happens? Like, yeah, he goes, I'm so glad you're here. And then he stabs her. He goes, because I want to be the one that kill you. And okay, so, yeah, yeah. So now there's two killers, so just like in all the other ones. So, so. R- Richie and Amber are your ghost faces for this outing. <laughs> yeah, and I have to be honest, the logistics on that, in terms of how they were able to pull this off, are a little sketchy. And because you know, just just the way how it's delivered, yeah. Because when they were at the hospital, you know, he would have to be there, and then like, because and then he would have had to change his clothes to pretend he's a ghost face, and then because when they're being interrogated by Sheriff Fix at the hospital, um, um, Amber has the alibi. She was being interviewed by Sheriff Judy Hicks, yes. which the sheriff admits that, yeah, I was talking to her. So, right. so I mean, like, the logistics are a little weird, but I'll accept it for this. Yes. So, now, Tim, why is it that they're doing this? They're doing this because of the fandom, the, toxic, the toxicity of the fandom. fandom. Yeah. They didn't like the last few outings of the Stab movies, so they wanted to give them... Uh, more uh, a better source material, so they can make a better movie later on. Uh, and so he's like, and again, they're not going to be the villains. It's going to be Tara and Sam who are going to be the villains, or Tara. Yeah. No, Tara, Tara I'm well, sorry, Tara's Tara. Going to be the victim. Sam's. I'm sorry. Yeah, Tara's going to be the victim, and Sam is going to be the yeah. going to be the killer because and, of the Billy Loomis connection. Uh, yes. So, the, and the, the, because they he goes he goes it's downright toxic. How how can how can fandom be? If we are basically he's trying to explain it away like we are we love something so much and we want we want the best for it. How can that be toxic? And, and it just and just because it made you go fucking nuts. So what had happened was Richie was such a big fan of these movies. He met. Uh, um, uh, Amber online uh, through Reddit or whatever it was or yeah. some sort of forum. Subreddit of Reddit. So, yes, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, and they just they, he found kinder spirits in her, and then he, then she went and she said she didn't know anything about it until they moved into the house and started doing some digging, and then she loved the sad movies too. And when they got Stumacher's old house, their parents bought Stumacher's old house, and, and it was like, oh, it was just. It was just kismet. It was like this. It was like, oh, we're going to just do this thing and we're going to be stars. We're going to be celebrities and blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Whatever their bullshit excuses. For... In other words, psychopathic killers. Right. Cold blood killers. With horrible egos. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. <laughs> so now they're getting ready to like like set everything up, like to establish how everything is going to play out. Right. By the time the cops get there. Whenever that will be, and but about fifteen minutes after it happens, the, the yeah, final right. death. <laughs> right, right, but turns out 
Tara has managed to escape <laughs> and starts calling them on the phone right. to, to taunt them over the whole thing. Be, be, oh, because be, oh, it was at one point, uh, Ghostface was giving Sam a choice. Should she go help her sister or should, should she go to help Richie because she could only, because he'll kill one or something like that. Do you remember that? And Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and she goes, oh, but Richie, you didn't think, uh, you think, you know, you you think you know me, but you don't know me at all, basically. And because she freed uh, Tara, and yeah. Tara's now a part of the equation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, and then we get uh, Gail and we get uh, Sydney back in, uh, basically back in the same kitchen that uh, yeah. <laughs> shit went down, you know, 25 years earlier. <laughs> so then um, Sam is able to, like, escape. Um, uh, Richie's clutches, and then of course, um, um, Tara. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Tara starts beating the beating the shit out of uh, out of Amber with that uh, that that uh, metal um, uh, crutch that she's using to walk right. with. Right. <laughs> but then later on, Amber gets into a fight with Gail and uh, Sydney. I love. I laughed when one of them whacked a bottle of hand sanitizer over it, and she goes, "Oh my god, fucking." hand sanitizer <laughs> <laughs> and then she immediately changes her tune claiming that she was a victim and then right she, goes, I, she was she was uh was it um manipulated uh, manipulated but it was, she uses she was uh yeah it, it is manipulated but she used a certain phrase that what would she say brainwashed Bra- yeah, yeah brainwashed, brainwashed. technically brainwashed yeah it's hysterical because when she after she says that and then you know gail weathers tells him you know, you killed Dewey, and she goes, "That's because he was a pussy." And all of a sudden, right. it's like, "What well, doesn't really help your case?" Right. And then she throws her throws like some sort of uh, like flammable liquid on her on something, or yeah. No, she, first they they shoot her, and then no, they they she, punch they punch Amber, and like she like turns the stove on accidentally, and then right. they shoot her, and they th- but. I think the flammable liquid couldn't that have been the hand sanitizer. It could have been it was some sort of some sort of alcohol, some sort of like accelerant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just like whacked it over her head, and then they shoot her, and then she falls she, onto the stove. She, she turns around, she, and then she falls, yeah, falls face, and then she, oh, she, okay. <laughs> this is so predator-like and so eighties movies. Like there, there's always a catchphrase, uh, something along the lines like, "She has like two minutes before she gets lit on fire, she was like, and now you're gonna pass the torch to me.'" And then Sydney Prescott, after she shoots her, or after Gail shoots her, and she goes like, "Oh, how's that torch now?" <laughs> and she's light in flames, and uh, uh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> she, couldn't have, she couldn't have just said, "I'll have what she's having." <laughs> It's a Family Guy joke in case anybody doesn't know it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So anyway, and- so uh, no, and then of course eventually, you know, there's a the the you know the the altercation between Richie and and Sam, and they fight, and then they fall down the stairs, and then yeah. at one point, you know, and, and of course the knife is hidden behind the uh, uh, curtain, and of course in the meantime, she. Um, and you know, there's the uh, the knife hidden behind the curtain, and um, oh, and of course, uh, Sam is seeing images of uh, Billy Loomis talking to her. Right. You know, sort of like helping her out. Like, there's a knife, go for it. Yes. And she does eventually manage to grab the knife and stab uh, Richie in his mouth from cheek to cheek. Yeah, which is really freaking gross. Wow. I know. And then she decides to just go. 
just just wail on his ass and stab the yeah, shit out of right. him. Right, I mean, so much for the blood is, like, splattering on the camera lens. You could kind of see for a minute, for a second. And then I love the fact that he's just laying there bleeding out. He goes like, but, but, but what about the ending to my 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 movie? <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, well, here's the right, finish. finish. And Here, here's she, your ending, and they cut, what, slits his throat. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and, and then, just when they think all is, no, then... Gail Weathers and City uh, Prescott show up, and you know one of them says, "Well, we're going to have to make sure he's dead or something like that." You know, they always come yeah, back. shoot him in the head. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then Sam just grabs the gun and shoots shoots him right in the head, right then and there. Right. <laughs> and they have and they have this look on their face like, "Whoa, well, I that's guess that fun. solves that." Yeah, yeah, right. But but then who shows up, Chris? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Uh, After uh, being the Human Torch, she comes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then uh, she gets shot in the head by... Tara! Boom! <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, you know, the police show up in the ambulance. Oh, and of course, Minnie Meeks Martin and her brother Chad survived. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Ch- oh, and I love how... Ch- Chad is I the new Dewey how... of, of, uh, of, this, of, this, of these films. <laughs> yeah, and I love how when they're bandaging up Tara, she says, uh, hey, can we go to a different hospital this time? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? What What was wrong with the other one? Was it yeah, because right. of the, the, the lack of technicians around when you were being chased that time? <laughs> right. Or the fact that you were attacked in the break room <laughs> for <Yeah>. Sam. <laughs> um, and what else, what else do I want to say? Um, yeah, and then they, they have the scene where they're together and... Uh, she's gonna ride in the ambulance. She goes, "I'm never leaving your side." And like, I don't, I don't want you ever to leave my side again. And the two sisters are reunited in the back of the ambulance, and kind of like they roll off and you know, what end credit, right? <laughs> um, right, they roll off into the sunset, and that's it. Good night, everybody. Oh wait, wait a minute. There's a Scream Six. So. <laughs> yes. Five fun facts for Scream Five or Scream from 2022. All right, number one. The fact that Dewey never mentioned his sister Tatum or her death was an often criticized aspect of the prior sequels, making it seem like she had been forgotten. Here, in this movie, we see that he still keeps her ashes on the mantle in his home. I don't know if you uh, got that at all. Um, uh, I didn't when, catch the ashes mantle. Yeah, that, yeah there, there, he, he did. He kept her, it's, it said Tatum on it, and it was uh, it's on the mantle right the scene when the, you meet Richie and... Uh, Sam uh, for the first time in his trailer. It's there. Okay. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I I think in uh, watching some of the um, behind the scenes stuff for uh, they, uh, for part five, they talk about in part four the conversation between uh, Dep- uh, uh, Dewey, Sheriff Dewey and Deputy Hicks at the time. And it was cut uh, and it was just basically a, a throwaway line about Tatum. Uh, and that never made the movie. And I, and I thought that would have been really cool to include that in, you know, uh, the uh, do an uncut or unrated version or an extended version of Scream 4 and a- add that little thing in there. So Tatum, kind of, that character kind of lives on a little bit. But I digress. Okay, uh, number two, the first Scream film, this is the first, uh, this is the first, uh, number two, this is the first Scream film not directed by Wes Craven, who sadly passed away in August of 2015. And that's why they named the character Wes in honor of him. And, it, and he's dedicated in the end credits of the film. Uh, yeah, num- yeah. Yeah. So, and number three, before his death in 2015, Wes Craven revealed in 2011 that he had been hired 
hired to work on a fifth and sixth installment of the Scream franchise series. Number four, the film was released on January 14th, 2022, 25 years and 25 days since the original film's release date, which came out on December 20th, 1996. So that's kind of cool. And finally, number five, and we talked about this off air briefly, Chris, uh, Netham didn't realize until after the fact that Sidney Prescott's husband in Scream 2022 was an Easter egg. Uh, while speaking with Screen uh, Rant about her role in the film, Campbell was asked about the Mar Mark Kincaid Easter egg. She revealed that, and I quote, Someone just told me that yesterday, and she didn't realize it when I was saying it, considering that it's been 22 years since the release of Scream 3 and 2000. <laughs> And the, character, and the character has not appeared since then. This is not surprising, though she did admit that what's funny is I played Patrick's sister in Grey's Anatomy in 2005. <laughs> so there are your five fun facts yeah. for Scream 5. So, uh, Chris, final rating. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, you know, I, it was enjoyable for what it was. I mean, this. so you know what? Mm, you know, I'll give it a thumbs up. You know All what? right, Chris. Thanks. You give it a thumbs up. I, too, give it a thumbs up. So now let's take a quick intermission, and then we'll roll that trailer for Scream 6 from 2023. Then Chris will take another stab in the dark with his synopsis. Be back in a few. Problem here, guy? the secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's gonna keep coming for us. We share a certain history. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Hello. Let's play a game. 
You know you're like the 10th guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gale. I'm something... different. That's why I'm gonna shoot you in the head. You want me. So let's finish this. Guys? Okay, and we're back. Now, before we, uh, before I throw it over to Chris and he gives us his fine synopsis on part six, I just want to let you, dear listeners, know that I rewatched part four last night with the family, and I had honestly forgotten how good and fun this this sequel out this outing was. And it was there was a lot of great things about it. And uh, Chris, I remember you saying that how the characters never really change between Dewey and Gale. And this outing, we see them 11, 10, 11 years after the uh, part three. And at the end of part three, Dewey asks Gail to marry him as ah, saying, okay, yes. I, I know, I'm, I know it probably won't work out, but I want to bet on us. And, you know, being very romantic, a big romantic gesture at the end of the third movie. Uh, take up part four after the initial uh, over the great uh, sequence or uh, opening sequences, uh, which are by far, like we talked about before, Chris was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> and um, then we see we see um, Gail and Dewey waking up to an alarm clock together. Dewey has now become the sheriff. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Gail has now is a writer, but she's got a tremendous writer's block, and she cannot. For the life of her, think of a of a of her new book, a new write, or, um, something to write about. Until the new killers come about, then all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, now 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 stop jumping the gun. <laughs> so anyway, and I, I also forgot that there was kind of almost a quasi. I got the feeling a quasi love triangle brewing between Deputy Judy Hicks and Sheriff uh, and Sheriff Dewey and Gail Weathers, mm. uh, because Hicks is very protective of Dewey in this film. Oh, that's right. Uh, and, and she's, okay. and she's like, you know, kind of quit belittling my, sh the sheriff, quit belittling my boss. Basically. She's like standing up to Gail and, you know, and she makes her famous lemon bar squares or whatever it is. And, you know, Dewey eats them. He goes, he goes, Oh, she goes, come on, Dewey, take a bite. It's not cheating. He was like, there's no cheating happening other than on my diet, basically. So it's a lot of flirtatious things going on. And I really, I have forgotten about that because of everything else that's going on. Um, but so scream, so scream for basically sort of did break the mold in regards to the original characters and their, 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 their historical progression. Right. Right. The first three movies. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So there, there is a slight break. And then if you remember, yeah. and we were talking right at the end of five that how, when she was so 
uh, heartbroken and uh, grieving, grief, uh, grief, grief, uh, grief stricken over Dewey's, char Dewey's character that she was not going to write the smut anymore. She's not going to write, you know, about the killer. She's going to write about a good man. And I thought that was a full circle kind of like moment for her. Um, but as we can see, I'm not going to, again, jump the gun, but we'll get into that the other parts later. Um, but I just want to make mention of that before you give us your fine synopsis, Mr. Ghostface. No, okay, yes. And with that said, we are now on Scream 6 from 2023, and it's directed by uh, Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillett. It's also written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick, and based on characters by Kevin Williamson. So Scream 6 begins just like the opening of the first scream. Gee, are we seeing a pattern here, folks? Anyway, the opening sequence starts in a bar in New York City, and we witness Laura Crane, played by Samara Weaving, a film professor from... I love her. Oh, my yes. God. Didn't think she'd have a part in this, but, you know, surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. uh, she plays a film professor from Blackmore University, and she's at the bar waiting for her date. Soon enough, her date calls and admits that he cannot find the bar, so he manages to lead Laura out into a small alley, revealing himself to be... A killer wearing the ghost face attire as per the requirements of the series. <laughs> the killer brutally murders Laura, and the main title, Scream 6, pops up on the screen. Oh, oh wait, wait. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Would that, that be Scream 2? <laughs> oh, no. That doesn't happen just yet. Instead, we actually get to see the killer reveal himself as young film student Jason Carvey, played by Tony Rivolori. Okay, so, so far so different. Uh, from the usual opening of the series. Uh, Jason then heads back to his apartment to meet up with his roommate, Greg, as both plan to murder sisters Sam Carpenter, played by Melissa Barrera, and Tara Carpenter, played by Jenna Ortega, to finish what was left behind from the previous entry. But Jason gets more than he bargained for as he finds Greg hacked to pieces inside the refrigerator and the real ghost face puts Jason to death. <laughs> In the I, meantime... I, like, I, I actually like that, that, that this first opening five minutes. I thought that was really clever. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, Sam Carpenter and Tara Carpenter are attending Blackmore University. Sam is seeing a therapist and is trying to put what happened to her in Woodsboro behind as, despite killing off the real murderers, Richie and Amber, social media has branded Sam as a serial killer due to her relation to Billy Loomis. And a wild conspiracy theory has been spread on various internet forums claiming that Sam was behind the whole murders in her hometown. And, and Tara is growing annoyed by Sam's overprotection of her as well. But once when Ghostface chases Sam and Tara in a local bodega, the two realize they are once again trapped in a similar pattern, just like they experienced in Woodsboro. Tara's roommate, Quinn, played by Leanna Liberto, contacts her father, Detective Wayne Bailey, played by Dermot Mulraney, to see if he has any leads on this case. But FBI Special Agent Kirby Reed, played by Hayden Panettiere from Scream 4, shows up to either provide assistance or obstruct the case. Once again... Sam and Tara team up, team up with friends Chad Martin, played by Mason Gooding, and Mindy Meeks Martin, played by Jasmine Savoy-Brown, as well as Mindy's lesbo girlfriend, Anika, played by Devin Nakoda, <laughs> and Chad's roommate, Ethan Landry, played by Jack Champion, and Sam's secret boyfriend, Danny Brackett, played by Josh Segura. Oh, and another surprise guest from the Scream franchise, Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox. <laughs> She's <Before> back! <laughs> yep. In order to put the final stab on this new killer or <laughs> killers. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, okay, look, I'll be honest. The opening scene is great. And then the attack sequence in the bodega is awesome. And then there's the part where they are on the subway train. 
yeah. that was great too. I also, I also actually liked the, the attack in the apartment too. I thought that uh, was yeah, that was all right too. Yeah. Okay. So, so four great scenes, but I, I got to be honest, I was, um, I was really un- very, very, very underwhelmed at this. I, 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 I think you know this is the. When I was watching this, the only thing that came to my mind was cash grab because that's what it felt like. It felt like there was just, you know, it does the the opening act and the beginning kind of do a pretty good job of connecting the dots between mm-hmm. the, the Scream Five, right? But it, but once when it, when it progresses further into it, I just felt like it kind of was like falling off the rails once again. We're we're kind of back with the idea of of. Um, uh, Sam still seeing Billy Loomis appear to her once in a while. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, and then there's the introduction of, um, uh, well, what's her name? I actually just mentioned a minute ago. Let me just check my notes here. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Kirby Reed from part from screen yeah. four. I really now... did like, I liked her coming back. A lot of people were yeah. clamoring, clamoring for that in part but, four or five. Her, yeah. But her being an FBI agent was a, it was an incredible stretch for this movie, well, considering what her character was. I, yeah, if her I remember ca- carefully. Her character in Part Four didn't exactly, you know, right. you know, scream a future FBI agent in the making, as right. if I remember correctly. But, but you know, honestly, that's what I kind of like about it because she was not that person. But this traumatic event where her she her her friends uh, were killers and they tried to kill yeah. her. Uh, and she was afraid of monsters, but now she wants the monster to be afraid of her. I kind of, I kind of dug that like uh, empowerment. Uh, but he, yeah, but even for the writing, it just felt like she wasn't doing any FBI investigating. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's like okay, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> I, 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 no, no, but I'm serious. It's like having a police officer and he's not doing any police work. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry, what's he doing? He can't just stand around and loiter. He's got to actually do some investigating. <laughs> Yeah. And then um, the whole big reveal about what's going on here, like we'll we'll, we'll get into yes. it. But once again, it, it felt like, like I mentioned before, it's like oh the the, the crazy twist reveals all of a sudden. Cue that uh, soap opera organ music. You know, it's like oh my god. But <laughs> I just I don't know. I I really just did not like this entry that much. Okay. If, uh, you know, that's I mean, okay. It had yeah. a, it it had actually a pretty good build up, and then once when it progressed to the second and third acts i was just like eh, you know it's kind of kind of falling off the rails here it, it felt like they you know like they really weren't the writers really weren't being very they weren't paying too much attention to like how much they can make this movie cohere to the rest of the series well, but, which is which is strange because they're the ones that wrote i think that's the same team that wrote part five yeah, wrote yeah part six yeah. Right, so it's not right. it's not like a whole entire different crew came in and tried to give it their own like um yeah what do you call I, it? Uh, a spin, I, I yeah, guess. I honestly felt like this was one of those movies where they didn't have a screenplay and they were writing it as they were making it. You know, because well, I, because I, 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 it just felt like, you know, like every, like one of those things where every day there's no script and then somebody brings the pages in and it's like, well, I hope this matches what we shot yesterday, yesterday. Because, <laughs> because what yesterday we shot was supposed to happen in the middle of the movie and now we're shooting the beginning of the movie and it feels like it's just not quite registering. But okay, I guess we're gonna have to go along with it because this is all we got. I mean, which, you know, I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, look, you know, Ray Dennis Steckler was not a master filmmaker, but he at least knew how to improv. 
Yeah. Well, I, I felt like these guys were like really struggling. Well, <laughs> and, you know, and, it, and it says a lot when Dermot Mulraney seems like the only actor in this movie that's doing the heavy lifting and he ain't even in much of the movie. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's kind of in and out. Um, and the thing is, this film was greenlit three weeks after the success of Scream uh, 2020 from 2022. So uh, I just feel like maybe... You know, I'm glad they released one so quickly because they were trying to capitalize, like you said, on a, like a cash grab. But they, I think if, if they really wanted to, they could have probably even waited another year and yeah. really kind of fine-tuned it a little bit more yeah, um, I, I in mean, certain I guess, aspects. Yeah, I mean, I get that. You know, strike while the iron's hot, but at the same time, you know, you're not always going to catch lightning but in a bottle right away. <laughs> the thing is, I think Scream 1 and 2 came out within about a year, a year and a half of each other. Now, yeah. but then you take on Scream 3, and that waited like a good three, four years. So, and that still made bank. Yeah. And, well, well, the first two movies did very well. So right. All, I guess you could say it was almost a guarantee yeah. that no matter how what they came up with for Part 3, it would probably do, right. do well. But what I'm saying is there's no shame in waiting a little while longer to yeah, to, to get to get it just right yeah i i would have preferred that i mean it, like i said i mean i, I and, I, and I, I like the movie <laughs> I, right well i mean i i would have loved the movie a lot more if they just like like i said if they just did something else with it because i felt like it was also just a repeat of part of part five basically you know and then you know there's also the other things though too like there there is the um there is the issue that um, um, I'm forgetting her name now. All of a sudden, <laughs> uh, Nev Campbell's character right. is missing from this movie. Right. It's just Gail yeah. Weathers. They do mention uh, her character. She's in. She's she's uh, staying out of it for, <laughs> for the safety of her her husband, Mark Kin- Detective Mark Kincaid from Scream Three, and their children. Um, it was basically, <laughs> I think. And we talked about this, I don't know, off air, we talked about this before, Chris, and it was, I think, Nev wanted more money than what they were willing to give her, and they and she said, well, I, I, I don't have to do this, so they're like, well, okay. I wonder how much money they gave her I, you know, overall, I mean, yeah, I mean, she, this is this is the <laughs> this is the only outing that she does not appear. Yeah, and uh, I think that's kind of a, sh- a shame because it's it's kind of like Halloween without you know um, you know Laurie Strode's character. You know, it's just it's just mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel right i mean it yeah, look, or tech, yeah yeah it or just tech, or texas chainsaw massacre parts uh three and four without gunner hansen yeah uh, or even part two yeah <laughs> yeah it's just uh, you know i just i feel like they, they could have worked harder and i believe if there and there have been issues with part seven part seven is kind of like in limbo now um for various reasons uh the uh, ortega ortega is out because it was a scheduling conflict with uh, the second season of the Wednesday Adams TV show on uh, Netflix. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, the other one, she was out for making some sort of tweet. Uh, I didn't really pay attention to that too much, uh, uh, but I feel she'll be back at some point. And I think this would be the perfect, if they do a part seven, and, oh, Landis, is, or uh, 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 Michael Landon's son, who directed, you know, Freaky or, Fra- or Freaky and uh, Happy Death Day, he was attached to it, but he backed out of it. So now they're kind of like, they have no director, they have no stars. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, they should just wait then. Just yeah. wait it out. Uh, but and, you know what? You this know, is, go this to is, the script and this make the adjustments. <laughs> yeah, this is the perfect opportunity. You still have the uh, you still have the twins from part five and six. You still you could still bring Kirby back. You could still bring uh, 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 Neff Campbell and Patrick Dempsey 
you back. You can still bring back Gale Weathers. I'm like, there's, there's, there's something to. I think there's, there, there's something there that would be really cool if they flushed it out just right. But okay, actually, I think it'd be great if they did one where they didn't bring any of the, um, the okay, bring some of the new characters back, but it actually have no connection to Billy Loomis or the, um, uh, well, no, no. No genealog- genealogy connection right. with Billy Loomis just, or, 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 or Woodsboro, just like new characters so, who have nothing to do with it. So complete. So you're gonna do, you're gonna you're gonna not have Ghostface in Woodsboro. You have like Ghostface in like Canton, no, Ohio, no, no, or oh no, 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 like like well, you can go back to Wood. Okay, maybe go back to Woodsboro, but not like have like the characters have any specific, the new characters any specific relation to the whole concept of what's going on. Almost, and and maybe that's the new mystery, like. Why is this killer going after people that have no relation to Billy Loomis? And then that's, that's the whole thing. It's like, yeah, there is no relation. There's no point for there being a relation. They, they could they could do something with, and I'm just spitballing here, uh, good, bad, or otherwise. But you know, they could have Stu Mocker's old house turn into like a a, a tourist destination. Yeah, and, and, and people are getting killed at the tourist destination. <laughs> yeah, kind of like you know, like other movies of that nature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Un, unsuspecting. Uh, um, Oh yeah! Now we're just going into like Rob Zombie like territory <laughs> with but having you know, them come through. Yeah, yeah, but it, you know what? A nice tootie fucking fruity. <laughs> yeah, a nice change of pace. But, yeah, and, but anyways, um, yeah, I um, but yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I wasn't it, really. I, I actually tried watching this again last night, and I just couldn't get through it because yeah. I just felt like it. It didn't really. Didn't really connect as much, so I'm 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 gonna do my damnness to rely on my memory here. To, it could just, which just goes to show how memorable this was for me. But I mean, okay, it, I'll try I'll try to fill in the blanks. I, now it's been about a week since I watched it, so oh, okay, between right. the two of us, we should get it half right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get half right. Well, okay, so we mentioned the opening sequence. I did like the opening sequence because yes. it did sort of turn it on its head. You know, we are we're introduced to Samantha Weaving playing this cute film professor that's at this bar in New York City. And uh, she's waiting for her date and, you know, she gets the phone call and, you know, you know, spoiler alert, it's Ghostface pretending to to to, to be this dude that's going to date Samantha Weaving's yeah. character. I felt, and, oh, yeah, I, and I love her. She was great in Ready or Not. She was great yeah. in the Babysitter movies. I love, right. her, love, love her. And, and she was, and, and she was a trooper in this too. And I, yeah. I loved how. She's like trying to like you know figure out where this guy is because he got lost or whatever. The hell. Yeah, and then and then this is all and, and honestly this is all very plausible. I mean it's not like we're well yeah it's plausible. But then once when she get when she gets led out to the dark alley. Yeah, <laughs> and it should be noted that this movie is taking place not just in New York but I do believe taking place around Halloween. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I mean, we have to mention that because there's a moment in the movie where which I kind of dug. I kind of dug that they, they they said it during the Halloween season. Oh yeah, because it helps even during the train scene if you remember. Oh yeah, because everybody's dressed the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she's led out into the um, out into the 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 dark uh, alleyway, and then you know, surprise, ghost faces there and jumps out and attacks and kills her. But then you know, you think that's you know where where the title is going to pop up and everything, right. but no, it, it, it keeps going. And then we discover that the killer in this movie is some film student, Right. Named that, Jason, that, that, by Tony Revolori. That actually, actually has a quick scene with uh, Tara uh, as they're going to some sort of frat party. Right. Right. And that actually does a pretty good job connecting the dots there in terms of like her being at college because they, they're both at the same college, um, Blackmore university. Yeah. So Jason goes to his, um, 
apartment and he's waiting for his. By roommate. the way, a very nice apartment for you know college yeah, kids. Yeah, for college kids, Jesus like, Christ! Are in New York, their credit, yeah, are they running up their credit card debt over <laughs> there or what? I mean, I don't know. so now, as it turns out, the, the reason why Jason did this is because t- t- <laughs> apparently. His professor uh, gave him an, uh, a low score on one of his uh, film studies papers. Right, right, on Gilo or something like that? Yeah, yeah, uh, Italian thrillers or whatever the hell. And, 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 and um, she, and, and he's talking to Greg, who's talking to him on the phone in the ghost voice, uh, voice modulator. Yeah. And it was actually a pretty amusing sequence because they're just talking to each other and he's telling them, quit, quit using the modulator. So like, well, I got to use it too once in a while. And, you know, and they're talking about their plan. Now their plan in this is they were going to um, finish what, um, uh, finished what? Uh, God, I'm trying to think. Richie, uh, yeah, Richie and Amber tried doing right in the fifth film, yes. which was create their own movie, mm-hmm. uh, reworked version of the events of Scream or the Stab movies or you know whatever. Right. So this is their big opportunity to do it and finish the ending and. As it turns out, influenced by, you know, subreddits and, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, basically the dark web, if you want right. to kind of look at that angle. And as it turns out, the person that Jason is not talking to is not Greg, but is actually the real killer of this movie. And there's the scene where he finds Greg's body in the refrigerator. Yeah, all half to pieces. Yeah, yeah. Like he plays a game like hot, cold, hot, cold. Yes. It's like getting hotter, getting colder. You're stone cold. You're you're on fire now. Yeah, and he gets the refrigerator. <laughs> and then uh Ghostface shows up and it kills um Jason and you know, Jason's like what was the line? He said something like, what about the movies or yes. whatever it was? The killer just says, Fuck the movies and then that's Right, like, right. Yes, exactly. He, he, that's exactly what he says. He says Fuck the movie. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, title Scream Six pops up, and here we are, we're beginning. And yes. now, um, Sam Carpenter, played by uh, Melissa Barrera, she's also, she, I, I believe, she's not attending college in this. Uh, I'm no, 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 she's she's no. there, uh, uh, keeping keeping a watchful eye on Tara. Yeah, because for a minute there, we were. We, this is a discussion we had on, on part five. Was like, is Sam's character also a college student? Or no, a, no, or, yeah, because it was because it was very hard to keep track. Because you know, the sometimes I wonder these days if they're aware of the parody. You know, some of these cast members they get aren't exactly teenagers all the time, and, right? You know, but at the same time, as a college former college student myself, yes, you can get away with it in college. Well, know. yeah, yeah, but yeah, well, also because in reality, there are some older Adult. college students. Oh yeah, when I, when well, I went I, to college, there was uh, a guy that was this was his second career, and he was uh, going to be. Um, and he was a, 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 a he was he was a teacher. Now he's going to be a, a nurse. So he yeah. was so he was like sixty. Going back yeah. to school. <laughs> oh so, my god! <laughs> you see, in, in the movies, you don't want to, 60, to see a sixty-year-old college student, but it does lend credence to that. You know, not everyone yeah. is eighteen, twenty-one at right, college. Right, right, right. So, um, Sam in, is visiting a, um, um, a therapist because, mm-hmm. and she pretty much reveals the whole scenario here uh, that uh, after uh, the whole incident involving Richie and Amber. You know, basically, they were killed 
because they were going to try to kill her and her sister. Right, right. But, but because of the horrible, um, the horrible attitudes of social media and uh, the dark web and subreddits and conspiracy theories, people think that uh, Sam is responsible for the killings and somehow utilize Richie and Amber as being the quote victims and, you know, put the blame on them, you know? So, which is, there's any credence to that truth. There would have been a trial that she would have been, you know, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Adding to the fact that Sydney and Gail Weathers were there, right? saw the whole thing and they would have vouched for her too. So why is this very credible witnesses? Let's say for the past, uh, you know, 25 some odd years. Yeah. Yeah. The witnesses here are pretty credible. I mean, compared to these idiots on, on Reddit and everything that are making these weird claims, but nevertheless, um, so she and it's funny, she explains this whole thing to her therapist, yeah. which is funny because you'd think the therapist would have been a little more diligent in figuring out who Sam is. Right. You know, but and instead, what does he decide to he, do, Tim? He freaks out. Uh, there is there is, isn't there a doctor of patient confidentiality. He's been seeing this guy for a while and yeah. he's and, you know, and, it, and it's not like. He, she, she killed anyone. She just killed the the killers, like you said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not like she it was premeditated. It was self defense. You know, blah blah. And then he all of a sudden he he kind of freaks out and he's like, "Well, I'm not qualified. I don't know what therapist in the world is not qualified to deal with something like that." Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> and so that that threw me. And then um, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not to call the police." I'm like, "No, you can't really." Which, <laughs> she did. She didn't yeah. admit to killing anyone other than the killers, which has already been known forever. You know. Well, and, and this is once again where I say it, this totally feels like a weird script problem. It would have been so much better had he, his character stuck around and they could have utilized him to sort of be involved with the, the, the psychological aspects of like trying to figure out what's going on and why the killers are doing this instead. And maybe, what, what, maybe why she sees Papa Billy in her dreams yeah, or her yeah, yeah, visions. Maybe figure it out. Or, you know, like maybe his character explains the, um, what might be going on here in terms of the psychological evaluation, but no, his character basically bows out and then he returns later to basically serve as a victim yeah. of Ghostface, which was another brutal killing, which was kind of cool. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all, also, Ghostface can just access, you know, Sam Carpenter's files. I mean, so yeah. And then there's a scene later on where um, Tara's at some like I guess you can maybe call it a, a college frat party type thing yes. she's there drinking heavily and, and and um um chad and mindy meeks martin are there to sort of like make sure things are good but yeah. you know there's like a moment where she's gonna go off with this you know I, date I rape guess, whatever his name was well, <laughs> like, they don't establish that he's gonna i mean he is definitely being a bit of a creep but yeah. they're not I think but, they call. I think they refer to him as date rape Kyle or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, or if you want to be more stereotypical, call him, you know, dude bro. But uh, yeah. nevertheless, he's gonna possibly try to have his way with her. And, and, yeah. and then, of course, they there's a scuffle between this dude and and Chad, uh, Chad and they get into a, a little bit of a scuffle. And doesn't Chad like knee the dude in the, in the crotch or something? I'm trying to. I, remember. I think so. And then that's when I think Sam shows up with her taser and. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. And she yeah, tasers yeah, him right in the balls. Yeah, yeah. Right, 
right in the ball sack. And, uh, I, I thought that was hilarious. And then, and then, of course, because everybody knows who Sam is, all yeah. of a sudden people are like, oh, that's the girl from, uh, you know, Woodsboro and the possibly yeah. the killings. And everybody's whipping their fucking phones out trying to get a picture. And it's like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yep. Uh, so they leave the party and they're walking back to the apartment. And there's a conversation between the two sisters about how she's like, I'm not going to let four days last year dictate the rest of my life. She goes, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do what I want to do on my own terms. You know, basically giving another very empowered speech about how she's not going to be, she's not going to play the victim card and, and be doing this stuff anymore. And Sam's like, you know, but you know, there's people out there, you know, there's killers again. And it's like, you just got to be careful and I'm here to, to protect you. And she's like, I don't want your protection. But although at the end of five, she's like, don't ever leave my side again. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I, but I got to be honest, that whole, you know, see, and this is where I think the movie kind of really does fail is it tries to inject that sense of traumatic drama and that whole, you know, you know, where Tara is just basically, um, yeah, Tara is basically just screaming at Sam about how she wants her own life and everything. And right. I kind of was like not convinced of it, dramatically speaking. It just felt so like, like it, it, it needs to be there. But it, like, again, it's one of those moments where I felt like another pass at the screenplay would have helped it a little bit because I felt like it just reiterates the same talking points that we've heard in like part five, yeah. you know. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, we've heard this before. Can we just get to the action? I think that's where the movie really would have worked the most if it just focused on the action, right? And, and just kept and, and just kept moving, right? And and, and, and then save all that for like maybe the near finale. Yeah. But here it just it kind of just like it, I felt like they were just stretching the time a little bit, and I'm like, right. ah, I don't know, it's, right? And, and and for an action for a, a movie, there's not a whole. For, and usually, screen movies are are packed full of running and hiding and all that yeah. stuff. This outing didn't really project too much running and hiding and, well, and, and, and action and, as you said and, and, and if they were going for mood there really wasn't a lot of mood in this too it just felt like it, it just it just felt like it was running by the numbers and running the clock most of the time and, right. I, and that's what i mean when i say i i just felt like they were making shit up like okay what do we do here well let's just have them dramatically you know talk about you know they want to be left alone and they want they want their own life and blah 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 it's like okay that's fine but you know can we like you know, it felt like you wrote this in an hour. Can you write this again in like three hours and like really like come up with something that doesn't feel like the same talking points? And, you know, again, I feel like I'm watching a soap opera. Please, please. No, no, they didn't, couldn't do that. So it's like all over again. But the so eventually they find out through a roommate, Quinn, played by um Ooh, I'm just checking my notes. Sorry, folks. You have to bear with me. Uh, Leanna Liberto. Yes. Oh, she's a cutie that, pie. <laughs> yeah, she's a cutie pie. And <laughs> sex starved uh, or sex starved uh, roommate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They call her the whore in here, but she says uh, sex positive. And I'm like, yeah. well, no, true. Okay, yes. Sex positive, yes. But, you know, you have to, like, be willing to have sex with anybody. If you're going to be choosy about it, then, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe it's not really sex positive. I'm just telling you. But anyways. She positively wants to have sex. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, the correct English language vernacular is she positively wants to have sex there. <laughs> but she, I guess, hears about the killing that happened with the two uh, guys in the opening sequence. Mm-hmm. And then eventually uh, the Quinn professor, has... they said, they said first the professor, then the two students. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then of course, um, 
Conveniently, Quinn has a father in the New York Police Department, Detective Wayne Bailey, played by Dermot Mulraney, who's on the case and <laughs> and calls uh, calls Sam and Tara in. I'm sorry, she calls. I'm sorry, he calls Salmon because somehow, some way, her ID card got in the hands of uh, the two the two uh, college students that were planning to uh, kill. Uh, uh, Tara and Sam. Yeah, and and of course, they're also finding ghost face masks that are not recent. They are from the past. The past from the varying years because somehow they found DNA of like the Stumacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Previous killers on the masks, which I don't know how they would have found that exactly. I mean, I'm not a forensics expert, but did. Did Stu Mocker, Billy Loomis, and all the other killers like spit on their own masks? Well, I'm assuming. Like I mean, you're running around that thing. You're bound to leave some sort of spit or some DNA somewhere, or some skin. Yeah, like what? You know? I don't <laughs> know. I mean, those. Here's the thing: Ghostface is constantly getting hit in the head with plants and you know, uh, you know, I candlesticks. Guess. No, but here's something. I mean, really quickly, they, they they briefly touched upon in part five where they see that Chad's arms all bruised. He goes, "Oh, that's from football." I'm like. Every one of these Ghostface people get their shit kicked out of them at some point, right? And right. Well, what's funny? Is it's not armor. It's a fucking costume. <laughs> I know. And you know what's funny about that? Whenever they get the shit kicked out of them, there's never like some right. weird there's no, after effects. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's there's no there's no bruises. There's no black eyes. There's no broken noses or chipped tooth or any kind of stuff that you could physically see shit. because. Chad used that silver candelabra to knock out Ghostface. Yeah, and, as it and did he hit? Yeah, uh, did he hit Amber or Richie? Because that would have left that would have left the fucking mark. <laughs> it was Amber because Richie was in the car right. driving. So it's like, but we never see her with like a mark or anything. Right. Like, what is she wearing? Like a knight's armor helmet underneath there? Or Th- what? That's what I'm. <laughs> and, and that goes back to all the screen movies. It doesn't. Not just the the, the these new two new ones. But yeah, it's like that it was always struck me as something that like well. They got into these big fights, you know. They should have some sort of bruises and some sort of, you know, you know, war scars. But yeah, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, digress. <laughs> yeah, okay. Too much thought in these movies, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, shame on us. It's a plastic <laughs> mask, not a football helmet. But let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, and the mask would have been like damaged too at one point. I right. Mean, those El Cheapo ghost face masks. Right. That you could pick up at any five and dime store, like they said in the first one. Yeah. yeah. Made in China, like for a yeah, yeah, yeah. pick it up for a buck and a half. Unless they're covering it with like epoxy to make sure it doesn't crack. <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean, I, I I don't even think the killers are that smart to consider it. So. Uh, but okay, but let's keep this train rolling. Yeah. So okay. okay anyway, so <laughs> yes. so anyways, and okay, so uh, there's because of that, uh, Sam pretty much is like, okay, no, we're leaving. We're getting out of here. We got to go somewhere else. And they're walking down the street, her and Tara, and of course, once again, dramatic arguments about, you know, no, I want to leave. No, I want to stay. We got to fight this, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, they get a phone call, and it's Ghostface, the killer, and it's out in the middle of the street, and then Ghostface jumps out and chases them, right. and they end up in a bodega. Uh, Which I, li- I really like the scene, like you, like I like you mentioned. The scene too. Like I said, there are some surprisingly good scenes in here. Ghostface with a shotgun? You never see that. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and then they explain why that is sort of later. But so, yeah, Ghostface shows up and, and Ghostface, this is great too. Ghostface arrives in this bodega, which has a bunch of people in it. And Sam and Tara tell this one guy, you know, that guy's trying to kill us. And 
and Ghostface just walks up to the dude that's going to try to protect them and just stabs the guy. And then the bodega owner pulls a shotgun out and tries shooting Ghostface. And then eventually Ghostface kills the bodega owner and then drops the knife and just grabs the shotgun and starts blasting away. And he blows that guy's head off, too. Right, right, right. But he's, like, blasting away inside there. And, I mean, that was a pretty good scene. I did like that moment. Again, pretty different for Ghostface to go from knife-wielding killer to shotgun-blasting psychopath. So, I mean, I I will give the writers credit for that. They did do something a little more, you know, different in this one. Um, But eventually, Sam and Tara get out because the police arrive, and then Ghostface disappears. So... Uh, I do believe Mindy Meeks Martin once again provides the possibility that this is another attempt at a requel. I believe. Yeah, but and she says that. But don't they, did, 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 did they say she's also? They also say that that's a, this is now a franchise too. Yeah. And, okay. Right. They, they keep changing the vernacular, and uh, it's, it's hard to keep it, up with sometimes. Oh, absolutely. If you think it's hard to keep up with the the varying characters that pop up in here, it's hard to keep up with Minnie Meeks Martin's vernacular of describing, you know, <laughs> sequel, requel, prequel, blah 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 blah. Requel. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, I don't care. Just give me something else besides that. And then, and she says something in there about how. You know, the killings are going to be far more violent and far more bigger. It's going to be a much bigger, bigger concept. And truthfully, this movie does not feel any different in terms of its, you know. I it's guess still pretty gnarly. They, 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 it's, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like in terms of scope, right. you know, not really that far expansive than, say, part five. I mean, sort of like, you know, Jason takes Manhattan. And then, of course, Jason ends up in Manhattan on 42nd street, maybe kills a few people. And that's in the last 15 minutes of the movie. And then that's, and when you call a movie, Jason takes Manhattan, you'd think he'd be like raking in a higher body count out there besides just a couple of, the the best thing about that, the best thing about that, that, that sequel was the posters and uh, some of the, the stills of just Jason in New York. Uh, Other than that, you could say Jason takes on uh, Montreal or Canada because that's where it was filmed. (laughs) Takes on Quebec. Yes. (laughs) Doesn't have, the same ring to it <laughs> but so and then there's okay and then there's another character that i'm gonna have to say why is this character in this movie when he provides nothing it's a guy named danny brackett who lives right next door that uh sam is eyeing and they're thinking oh why don't you just go over there and talk to him and blah 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 blah, blah. And, and of course turns out she has. She's been sleeping with him a couple yeah. of times. Yeah, she, she's banging her. cute boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, though. His character adds nothing to the story. <laughs> He's like, his character, like, disappears and reappears in, like, varying aspects. And then, at one point at the end of the movie... He's sent on his merry way, and we never see him again. And he comes right. back later he was, after this happened. I mean, he, he was strictly there to provide uh, uh, so, something for the characters to talk about, and for the fact that he, uh, in the in that apartment scene where Ghostface attacks everyone, that he's the one that pulls the ladder and, and gets them to, gets gets most of them to safety. So, yeah, but, but after that, his character oh, yeah. is just like nothing. I mean, I mean, it's like right. he, like I said, he just disappears. We never see him again. Well, because he's not and, part of the, and, he's not part of the core four, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's very four? It's such. But like we, we not only is he he's just such a vapid cipher in this movie. He's just there, and it's like, well, what? I mean, yes, too many characters, perhaps. But you know, this is like the character that got killed in part five that you thought was going to be a red herring, and then he, he's knocked <laughs> off immediately. And again, it just feels like an afterthought. Like once again, 
yeah, okay, we got this actor. What do we do with him? Um, we'll write him in. Just uh, give us an hour. We'll come up with something. Uh, cute boy. Yeah, it's like, okay, okay, but like, give him something more to do besides that. You know? <laughs> I mean, come on. But anyways. Yes. So, oh, and then, of course, they bring back um, – um, Gail. Uh, once again, checking my notes. I apologize, folks. Uh, Kirby Reed from Part 4. Mm-hmm. She's now an FBI agent. If you want to believe it, I mean, I'll believe it. I'll buy it. I'll bite. I'll, 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 well, I'll buy it for five minutes. But like I said, she does very little FBI agenting in this movie. <laughs> I mean, very. Chris wanted more FBIing. No, very little. Let's say, like, 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 bar, like, like, we're talking bare minimum. Just flashes badge. Okay, I guess she's an FBI agent. I guess we're going to have to just go along with her. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. and of course, they're all familiar with her. Uh, I believe Sam remembers her from going to school with her, even though they mm. never really – I don't think they ever really met in part four. So it's like, okay, yeah. I guess. But nevertheless, she's involved with the case. And there's a moment where Detective Bailey, played by Dermot Mulraney, who – um kind of wonders exactly why uh, uh, Kirby is on this case exactly. So he decides to ask one of his uh, uh, assistants off camera, by the way, mm-hmm. can you please contact the FBI and, and find uh, out something about uh, Agent Yeah, Agent dig, dig, up what you, dig up what you can on Agent Reed from yeah, yeah. the Ohio office or whatever the fuck he said. I yeah, where she's from. And so, and... Um, and then later on, there's a moment in the movie. I'm trying to, th- again, just consulting my notes. Sorry, folks. You have to give us some time here. Oh, and then eventually Gail Weathers has been brought back into this, um, played mm-hmm. by uh, Courtney Cox. Yes. Uh, doesn't really seem that... Um, doesn't really seem that uh, saddened that uh, Dewey has been killed in part five. Exactly. Seems like she's kind of just going on. Well, it's, her been, life. It, it's, it's been a year. She's over it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, living in her swank apartments and whatnot. And oh, and didn't write that book about the good man, Tim. <laughs> yeah, did not. She apparently decided to write about the Waysboro killings all over again, pissing off Sam and Tara because they both confront just, her. Just like her. Sydney in part one. We've come yep, full yep. circle again. And they confront her and they tell her, you know, what the hell is wrong with you? Why did you do this? You said you weren't going to do it. And she's like, I'm just looking for the story. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Did you forget what you said about a year ago? <laughs> well, no, she didn't forget what she said a year ago. The screenwriters did, Tim. Let's just be honest. <laughs> they, you they, wrote it. How'd you forget? forget? <laughs> <laughs> they forgot. Oh, you watched the movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure, we did. We just had to. Uh, we just had to. Uh, you know, we just had to write the script in like a hurry. <laughs> so what? But anyways, so so she's kind of sort of involved. Oh, and she's also mentioned she talked to Sydney. And that she's gone into hiding with her family. So, of course, we all know about that, you know, yes. uh, and uh, and then there's a moment. OK, so there's also now this scene actually wasn't bad either, but there's a scene where um, they're um, they're in. Uh, it's it's Sam and Tara and Chad and Minnie Meeks are having dinner in the, the apartment. Uh, in the yes. Club. 
audience and they're just talking. Oh, in the meantime, they think Quinn is next door having sex, making you know noises. Okay, so. I gotta, I gotta say, I love her, that she's on the phone and she's like, "Okay, babe, just make sure you don't use that certain like soap because it's pH balanced for a woman." Oh my god! <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And oh then, my uh, god, yeah, it's the pH balance. Holy so, shit! <laughs> so this is where Sam confesses that she has been, you know, dating cute guy on the DL. Yeah, and you're all like, wow, and great, that, man. and that's where Chad comes up with the core four and nobody wants a high five and five yeah well it does sound kind of lame uh, yeah <laughs> anyway so four, man but uh, and then cute guy sees uh what does he see across the alley while he's ironing his shirt <laughs> oh he witnesses Ghostface killing or attacking quinn right in the apartment and he's trying to warn them but their window is shut and they can't hear where he's saying so by he, the way wouldn't you think he would have just ran all the way over there and just knocked on the door and, said, and just quickly said like hey come on the killer's in there <laughs> i mean right i know it would have well, been like a couple of flights down the stairs outside going inside there but well it's, it's five flights of stairs and then five flights up because they're both on the same thing and then he's right i mean they would have taken them a good even even let's say best case scenario five minutes uh, yeah. to get there uh and that's if you have to wait for the elevator or take the stairs. Uh, anyway, but then they find. But then he, he calls and texts though, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then they they promptly ignore that, right? And then the killer is still in the room, and they man and they can't save Quinn, so they they try to escape in the next room. Oh, and then I believe um, uh, Mindy's girlfriend Anika is. Oh yeah, she she, she, she gets, gets gutted. Yeah, and it, it's bad. I'm like, yep. I don't know how she did, doesn't bleed out almost like immediately, uh, but yeah, she. And, 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 but, and it turns out that cute boy next door has a wobbly ladder in his in his apartment. What is he using it for? I don't know. But maybe anyways, he's a painter. Who knows? Probably. But he manages to push it out the window so that they can crawl across it. So Chad, Minnie Meeks, Martin, um, Sam, Tara managed to get across. Except Anika, she, she the killer grabs the ladder while she's, she's like she, trying to get right. out. And she's the last one to go. Wouldn't you put her first considering she's probably the one that, uh, you know, needs the most medical attention. She was scared. She didn't want to go across. Actually, wait, I think that was Minnie Meeks Martin at first, but then the other one is like, no, I don't think I can make it. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'll be right behind you basically. And yeah. Oh yeah. Cause so you know then, how that end, ends well. It's like, I'll be right back. Absolutely. <laughs> because Ghostface grabs the ladder, starts shaking it and then pulls it. And then Anika falls to the ground Oh, you know, basically lands on the concrete splat. There we go. Doesn't he? But that this one gets me because I I really liked her brief character. And um, the fact is that it's not only that she goes splat, she hits her head on a dumpster on the way down. Yeah, that too. Which which was really gross. It had a sickening thud. You know, I'm like, oh. Bong. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, oh my God. And um, yeah, there you go. So now we're off to the races. And. um, the core four are still alive, a little beaten and sad. You you got the reintroduction of yeah. Gail Weathers, yeah. And, and, oh, and of course, because Quinn has been murdered, uh, Detective Bailey is on the scene and is just completely yeah. beside himself. Right, and they find out they pull him off the case because his daughter's been killed. Yeah, and now he's like, "Cause you fuck with my family, you're dead." So. You know, now yeah, now he's a rogue cop. <laughs> yeah, now he's rogue cop. Now he's Clint Eastwood on the on the yeah. run here. I mean, so so eventually they find out through Gail. 
wasn't it? I think it was Gail Weathers. She finds out about this. Yeah, she, she does some we, digging about she the, does, uh, And again, she does more invest FBI investigating than Kirby does. Right. Know? In fact, I think, the I think Detective even mentions that because he, he's like, I left little clues that I wanted the FBI agent to follow. And Gail Weathers, she's a good old bloodhound. She found it first. <laughs> yep. And anyways, <laughs> she, they, she finds out that, um, I guess, apparently, um, Amber and Richie... I believe it was them, right? They from had, part five, yeah. Yeah, part five. Yeah, they had apparently bought this abandoned theater and converted it into like a, their own private museum. What had happened? The... I but they put it in uh, their friends' names. The 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 yeah, the, the, names, the students, yeah. the students, the student uh, names that got killed at the beginning of six. So okay, yeah, yeah. So and they go in there, and I thought, you know, this one was kind of a stretch. Like, okay, so abandoned theater, no one's going to be there, but they have all this basically the the um. The history, evidence. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the murder evidence from all the varying incidents that happened in over the, the past twenty five years. Yeah, 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 yeah. That they somehow got a hold of, and one of the characters, I think maybe it was detective. I think it was a detective. Says, well, if they're able to, some of the police evidence can be sold under the table if the investigation is over and if the evidence gets left behind in, in, in the evidence room well, and rooms and storage and they're never looked at again then they're gonna get sold for like you know like on ebay or whatever the fuck and it's like yeah i, I guess a, yeah but i think they also said that kirby mentioned something like so well cops like money you know yeah. cops like money yeah, so which, you, it, it, anything's it, offered for a price you know which could be plausible but i felt like that was still a stretch for this i mean like really they're gonna really someone's gonna sell all the murder you know everything that, from that, all the previous cases, and that wouldn't, and honestly, that wouldn't raise any red flags with, like, I don't know, the FBI or any kind of like more, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, and, and and and, but once again, it's like you know they're able to find out about this whole thing, and it's this hidden shrine and all this shit. No, so I, I, find... to, to be truthful though, it was cool. Look, I would, I would have liked to have seen that in person, but yes, I, I get, yeah. I, I, I get your meaning. I get your meaning though. Yes. Oh, but going on, moving on. Yes, yeah, so they're in the shrine. They're in this uh, dilapidated old uh, movie theater uh, from the, like the nineties, <laughs> which yeah. apparently still has goobers and uh, you know ju juicy fruit or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, candy. Yeah, still has the DNA on it, you know. But anyways, and then, um, so they do this weird plan, trying to. Um, I, I I really kind of like didn't get this plan that they were okay. trying to do so maybe you can help but all right i'll try sam and tara and detective uh the detective are gonna try to um tra trap ghostface in public at right this park right because they, they they surmise that eventually ghostface is gonna call them and like you know try right. to get goad them Right. So, you know, they're literally enough, in a van in a park waiting for, you know, Ghostface yeah, well, to show himself. Basically. Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. And Ghostface calls. But of course, it turns out the whole thing is a is a, is a setup against them. Right. They, they trace the call in under 15, about 15 seconds. Yeah. And and they find out it's not they're not even we're in the park. It's across it's uptown. It's, you know, yeah. about 14 blocks or whatever it is. Uh, up, up, uptown. So yeah, yeah, uptown, and of course, it turns out it's going to be at Gail Weathers' apartment. Which, okay, so Tim and I talked about this yes. briefly before we recorded. Okay, so she's in her apartment, and there's this nondescript dude walking around there. Yeah, 
And I was sitting there going, who the hell is this guy? Is this like her bodyguard? I would say boyfriend because he said, hey, babe. Yeah, but then... Bodyguards don't go, hey, babe. Right, but then once again, it's like, why... His character means nothing. It's just, I mean, even for slasher movie standards, yes, he's going to be a victim in here, but like... He's just there. Like, he's there, he's he's there to scare the shit out of Courtney Cox when the Ghostface throws the killer or throws yeah. his body through like a glass window. Right, but why bother? I mean, you could have just had Ghostface throw Gail Weathers through the glass window. I mean, it, it wouldn't have. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't have mattered one way or the other. It, it, but she, it, but that, but it, it provided her uh, time to get to her panic room and grab her gun. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, she's heavily armed for the panic room. You'd think she would have had that gun with her, you know, before the attack. And that's what I mean when I say, so wait, was she, because even though he said, yo, okay, babe, but so what? It's like, I'm still like, bodyguard, boyfriend at the time. I'm like, bodyguard, boyfriend. Okay, well, boyfriend, fine. But, you know, he's not armed and why, why she should have been armed. It's just, it, it didn't need the boyfriend angle because even when her boyfriend was killed, is killed. Mm-hmm. And when Ghostface calls to taunt her about it, she's not very saddened by it. <laughs> So I mean, like, no, she's, that's where I was like, you know, uh, okay, so I we, think so, at this point, Gail is so hardened to everything. She lost Dewey in part five. She's seen multiple kids murdered over the past 30 years. Yeah. I, I think maybe her, like th- her threshold's pretty fucking high. Maybe, I, okay, I, 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 I can see that, but I just think that, you know, because there's nothing mentioned about the boyfriend ever again. I mean, yes, her threshold might be high, but you know, if we, I yeah. just felt like the character was random. So yeah, no, yeah, so it's, he, was, he, he was he was literally there for fodder for thirty seconds. He, he, In he, fact, he said, this character should have been there with them when they found that uh, muse- that that theater turned shrine. It would have been, you know, uh, yeah, his character wouldn't have added much, but at least we would have been like, okay, we know who well, this guy is. Well, since since Kirby kicked out Gale, she said no press, and so Gale went back to the apart her apartment. That's why you know. No, well, yeah, you're right about that, but that came afterwards. That came after oh, thought... when they discovered okay. she was there. I believe no, she I was, she she was, was but Kirby turned her away. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so now I did like this part. This was actually very clever. I I didn't see this one coming. She's talking to Ghostface, and she's trying to find him, mm-hmm. and he's like talking to her, doing his old weirdo monologue shit. And right. Finally, and finally, she says can I call you right back? And it goes like, wait, what? And then she hangs up and calls and him she back. She dials the number and here's the sound of the phone. And, and then like, she blasts. She, she blasts. <laughs> but too little, too late. It doesn't matter. The killer must have bulletproof vest wearing underneath the, underneath the um, <clears throat> costume because he comes out and stamps or anyway right but gail weathers does not die she, or does she die i don't recall she dies no what, she uh, so basically um what had happened is that they there's more of a scuffle after she you know shoots ghostface and she's on top of him and ghostface ends up stabbing her i think with like a piece of glass or something uh, yeah, okay. A deep cut to the yeah. a, a deep wound to the the gut and she's lying there with the gun and um She's like, here, take the gun. Like, just tell Sydney I didn't give up. I didn't. I oh didn't. yeah, that's right. And then so, the paramedics finally show right. up. And, and then, like, then they say, and I quote, "Oh, this one has a weak pulse. She's barely hanging on." So, like, they're right there that lets the viewers know that 
okay, Gail is ex wounded extremely horribly, but she's probably going to be okay. <laughs> right, right. Okay, uh, so then, so then it is pretty much surmised by uh, uh, Tara and uh, Sam that they really need to get to the, they really need to nip this shit in the bud. Right. They decide so now, that they're going to go to the movie theater, turn music, and, turn right. scream, stab. Uh, shrine. Right, and and the, and, and adult Dermot Maloney's character, detective character, says, "Okay, everybody, get there asap. Okay, but take public transportation. The more people, the better. You know, be in but, groups. Yes." But he also finds out that Kirby, the FBI agent Kirby, has been let go from the FBI or on suspension because for acting strange or acting strange over the whole stab killings, basically. So yes. I mean, well, the whole. Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker, or, or I, I should say from part four, it didn't really involve yeah. Stu Mocker enough, but um, just an obsession over it. So there we go, red herring. <laughs> so that explains why she wasn't doing a lot of FBI work. It was because she was yes. suspended. <laughs> yes. So then um, I believe Chad sends Mindy Meeks Martin. He wants her to go away. Oh, and we forgot to mention, I forgot to mention this because it, 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 because the character in here is kind of a kind of a nothing actually, if okay. you think about it. Uh, Ethan Landry, played by Jet Champion, he's sort of like the nerdy guy that's like sort of tagging along with them. Right, he's Chad's roommate, and he's and, and he kind of always he always comes by after the fact that something bad right, has happened. Right. <laughs> like he came by after the fact when that girl Anika was killed, and everybody's like, "Where were you?" And he's like, "I was I was at study hall or something." Yeah, I was. Something. Yeah. I was surrounded by a hundred other people that could vouch for me. I didn't do anything, you know. Right, this, right. He's accused of being uh, by uh, by Miranda Miranda uh, by um, the twin, the girl. What's her, what's her name? Minnie um, Meeks Martin. Yeah, yeah. 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 By yeah. Martin by, by being the killer. Right, right. But they both decide to to go off somewhere else to, to hide, and then it turns out they're on the subway together, and there's a bunch of people dressed in costumes because it is Halloween, mm -hmm. and. There's a couple of people dressed up as Ghostface, which mm -hmm. is kind of interesting considering that the killer is running around in a Ghostface costume. You'd think, you know, there would be some diligent police officers on the on the on the streets <laughs> seeing these people and going, "Hey man, you know, you know, come with us. We're going to we're going to we're going to take you in or whatever." But right. whatever. The, the 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 no offense to the NYPD, but they're not exactly, you know, uh, pulling their weight around here in this movie. So <laughs> So, so anyways, they're on the, and I actually like this scene too. This is also a pretty good scene too. So, so Minnie Meeks Martin is on the train with um, Ethan Landry and she wants to be separated from him because she suspects he is the killer. Right. And she's on the train, but of course she notices that there are some passengers wearing the ghost face attire. Mm -hmm. So she's trying to like keep her distance. And then at one point, one of them starts slowly walking up to her. Actually, whenever like the light passes, the character the character gets closer and closer. Mm -hmm. And so meanwhile, like, Ethan's character is still in the same position. <laughs> yeah, because it, it doesn't occur to him that maybe this dude could be the killer, but whatever, he's just being by himself. Yeah. Well, she she told him to stand like this to stand back. She doesn't want yeah, Ethan to be near. Yeah, you would think that you know, regardless of what she said, he would be like a little more like diligent and say, okay, you know what. Mm -hmm. I'm not wearing the I'm not wearing the uniform. I'm all the way over here. That dude's moving closer to you, so that just should yeah. tell you that I am not the killer. But, right. But nevertheless, Ghostface does eventually stab her right in front of everybody. No one notices because everybody is like looking away or looking out the window, or you know, everybody's wearing yeah. costumes. It, it, yeah, it's crowded, and you know, yeah. 
And then once when uh, the light comes back on the train, the ghost face killer is gone. And then, of course, she's lying there bleeding. And then Ethan runs over and, you know, uh, just says, like, call 911 uh, or whatever. It's, yeah, it's a gr- it's a pretty good scene. And then, of course, and I like what she says. She goes, oh, I was wrong again about you because she thought he was the killer. <laughs> right, right. But. So then uh, Sam, Tara. Kurt, I believe Kirby shows up as well. Uh, and her boyfriend, uh, Danny. Oh, yeah, the theater, up. yes. Ooh, at the theater, but sends Danny away. Right. So Danny basically gets to wander away dejected. Yeah, well, you know, well, he did. He does tell her that he, he does tell her that um, this is her battle and that he'll be here, you know. Yeah, but again, it would have been okay if he would have just hung around. Oh, I know. He shows up later in the movie, but he, needless to say, what he contributes is a too little, too late situation. But, right. So they go in the theater, and then, of course, you know, the scuffle, 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 you know, the killer's in there. And we get to the big reveal, Tim, and who's the killer in this movie? Tim? Well, it's it's a good old, uh, it's the roommate who thought we was dead. Uh, Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. And it's her brother, Ethan. Yes, Ethan Landry is her brother. And, wait a minute, there's a third killer in here, Tim. Who's the third killer? Papa Detective. Oh, Detective Bailey. Yes. And, uh, well, he, okay, so Quinn got killed, although we didn't see it. Yes. It was technically off screen. And well, no, she, 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 she falls out, she's, she's. Covered in blood. Oh, well, she's covered in blood. And, yeah, but, she, but then that's it, you know. But, but you know, but nobody ever. The, the killers running around, so they didn't check for wounds. They didn't check if she was alive. They she did, looked but dead. But here's the thing, though. So, I when I was watching, I'm like, okay, well, if she was dead, how? When the police showed up, because there was more than just Detective Bailey there. There was other cops there, and they yeah. find the bodies. So how did how did he get away with that? And he, of course, just throws off this line saying, oh, it was easy to replace her with a body that hadn't been claimed. Yeah, like, I had to be the first I, one on the scene. I like, know, and, I, and I literally was like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, there, there's so many people in, in the police. I mean, that, that it, it, it's a great, it's a great quick and dirty explanation. However, if you really think about it, there's so many people, the coroners, you got other police officers. I'm like, well, how are you going to switch out the body that yeah. quickly without anybody knowing? Noticing yeah, it. I, so I was like, okay, wait a minute, that's a fucking, that's, okay. That, 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 that's a, that, that is kind of a stretch, I, I, now that's that I do a, think about it a little bit more, a yeah. It's shit stretch, I don't believe it. And then, you know, how are they able to, like, and not only that, but then how do they figure out who the two college students were in the opening sequence? Like, do you remember how they figured them out? Because it's like, what connection did they have with them? I probably, uh, again, online um, and, you know, brainwashing and, you know, befriending them saying we're going to, we're going to, they're part of that toxic fandom that. uh, Yeah, but they don't, do they mention it with them about their involvement? I don't. They, they they mentioned that they hired these two they 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 got they got these two other kids on their side from their film theory okay, class yeah all right. and um they they wanted to be a part of it and uh but they got too knife happy and they were wanted to kill Sam and Tara and that was something that they wanted to do so they killed them instead fat yeah. first so I'm just and I'm thinking uh, to myself I'm like okay you know wouldn't it just have been easier and probably a hell of a lot less expensive if you just 
find them and just kill them without just go to Sam and Tara and try to kill them without having all the theatrics of it all. Cause if you're not trying to make a movie, that's I'm like, the weird, that's the weird. I mean, well, I mean, I guess that's the weird part about the movie that, you know, they're, they're obsessed with the concept of like doing this whole thing all over again. And it's like, I, but here's the other thing though. And I mentioned this to you before we recorded is that there was a line in the movie that threw me off completely. It was when uh, the detective comes out of the apartment and says he, you know, he now, he has the daughter mm-hmm. and he lost, he said, I lost my kids. Right. S not my kid, my kids. Right. And I had I kept, no more kids left. Yeah. And I, and throughout the rest of the movie, I was sitting there thinking to myself, wait a minute, who the fuck? He had one kid. Well, they, they did. They did say that there and one part is that the reason why the detective moved closer to his daughter is because after a car wreck, it took, uh, his the, the the brother and son. Well, yeah. As it turns so, out, as it turns out, Richie was the other was brother. The for, yeah, was. The but there was brother. no car accident, and there, there, that was the whole thing. So, I okay, understand. But, I understand but, what you're saying by kids, yeah. but yeah, that, that kind of does track. It, it, yeah. Okay, it does track, but the fact that the other characters don't figure that out, it, on the one hand, it felt like I don't know. It felt like script problem, or, or. I sort of got it felt like an ad lib from Dermot Mulraney because, like I said, I think he was doing most of the heavy lifting in this movie. It could have so, been, you know, it could have been because maybe he maybe he or, decided or, to say or, that, or, or just or, a flub. I because I, I, I was like, I like it, it doesn't register because nobody else gives it a consideration. Like right. at least maybe have Minnie Meeks Martin because she was there have her think about that. Like you know, wait a minute, he said he had kids, uh, but he has one kid. What the fuck is he talking about? Yeah. And, you know, like, I, honestly, I think it was because of the fact that they did men- make mention that um, when when they were talking to the the the, the sister, the, the roommate, um, that she did mention that um, he they, they did have a brother, but he died in a car wreck. So I, that, that to me, I, that was said. I don't know who was there in the room. I forget who was in the room when they when it was being talked about. But to me, I, I, I kind of get but that. Even if it was there, it went by so fast. Right. It's like once again, it's like you know. <laughs> Even if they're clues, they're not clues that are helpful. They're just kind of there. But anyway, okay. so anyway. so as it tur- so it turns out that this that the detective and Quinn and um, Ethan, yeah, Ethan were the ones responsible for setting up that whole conspiracy theory rumor online mm-hmm. about Sam being the killer and everything and and whatnot. And but now they're going to finish it off and. Basically, it, it you know scuffle, 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 and then eventually um, everybody gets you know, okay. Well, Kirby, I believe doesn't Kirby get injured injured in this? Movie? Kirby gets Kirby gets injured, but she's not dead, and she comes back right. to, to to I think shoot somebody at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Basically, despite the incredibly intricate setup here devised by the, the detective and his two siblings, all goes awry. And you know the two siblings get killed, and then there's just the detective left alive, mm-hmm. and pretty much Sam seeing Billy Loomis comes back, and she decides to kill the detective. And how did she kill him? Did she like stab him a couple of times? And then... she, yeah, she stabbed him a couple. Of, she, I think she stabbed him through the eye again. I, I want to yeah. say. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and, then, and then she shoots him in the head, I believe, because that's what you do. You have to right, for right. all the killers. But then one of the other killers comes back alive, wasn't it? Right. Ethan. 
Yes, and I believe, I want to say this is where Kirby shows up, because Ethan's about to kill Sam and Tara, and that's where I, th I think Kirby comes back and, and hits Ethan. Yeah. Uh, after she's been, like, wounded and is all beat up and bloody, and um, yeah, I, I, I believe that's what happens. So yeah, that's the movie right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and of course, oh, by the way, um, cute boyfriend shows up with the cops. Yes. It's Cops like, are always are always a day late and a dollar short. I'm like, I know. And, well, even the, but even the boyfriend is a day late and a dollar short. He comes in at the last minute and doesn't, and he's like, "Yeah, I brought the cops with me. Figured you might need some backup." I'm like, "Wow, too too little, too late, man." Always there for the cleanup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that's the end of the movie, and it's like, okay, I guess. But and, we do get one scene that I really thought was kind of cool, and because uh, you see Tara and you see Sam. At the, at the outside on the streets and she's got, and Sam's got the mask in her hands and it looks like she's going to keep it and, you know, kind of like give a, 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 like a foreshadowing of something more darker where she could possibly become a killer later on. At least that's what I'm going through my head when I saw that. But then she drops it in the middle of the street and walks away. So yeah. I, I kind of thought that was kind of cool thing. She, like, she hesitated, you know, <laughs> so yeah, that that is Scream Six. Uh, 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 that Scream Six, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? Even with the, the the good scenes I like in here, I just still found this movie to be kind of. Uh, it, it really needed a lot more work. I have to be really honest about that. So okay. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to disappoint everybody out there and just give this one a thumbs down. I'm okay. sorry, folks, but no. Hey, but I'm it's, sure. It's, but I'm sure Tim has got a thumbs up on this. I, one. I will. I, <laughs> I will. As as much as I um, th th there are certain things that I wish that could have been a little different. Uh, yeah, I still thoroughly enjoyed it for most of its running time, and I will give it a thumbs up. Uh, but hey, you know I'm a, just a big Scream fan, and yeah. even even a bad Scream movie is still somewhat of a good time. So I, I, I look at it, I had a good time. So it was not, in my opinion, not a time waster. But now, ladies and gentlemen, we've got the five five little fun facts for Scream Six. I almost said that. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. Okay, so the first one. Uh, this is the first Scream to be shot outside the United States, as it took place in Montreal, Canada. Much like Jason Takes Manhattan, like Ghostface Takes Manhattan. That would have been a, a nice little subtitle. Yeah. Uh, number two, this film, I mentioned this previously, it was green. Uh, this film was greenlit on February 3rd, 2022, three weeks after Scream was released from 2022. See, Courtney Cox has now portrayed Gail Weathers in six installments of the franchise all with theatrical distribution releases across four decades. Mm. This is a record for any actress, a feat only she sh only shared that she shares with Mil 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 Mila Djokovic, uh, the actress from uh, the Resident Evil films. And she appeared in all six of those movies except for the reboot. And the last one, Courtney Cox was the first cast member to sign up to return as Gail Weathers. She states that she did not hesitate to return because she loves playing Gail and jokingly said that she would play her for free. So those are your five fun facts. So now moving on to guess what, Chris? Our mailroom segment. You're kidding. No, I'm not. Let's head to the mailroom. Oh.
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is one from, uh, let's see, Dear Ethan. This email is from Dear Ethan, entitled, Great Show, But You're Both Wrong and Right. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right, let's, let's dive in. Okay. Hey, guys, loving the show. As I was working around making improvements on my flat, I had your episode on called That Back to School Episode. You were both discussing the faculty and Robert Rodriguez and his films. It got to me. It got me thinking. Um, it got it got me thinking about his catalog of movies. Yes, Tim, you are correct. Robert Rodriguez both directed and wrote Road Racers, but it was from nineteen ninety five or nineteen ninety four. So it was well before, uh, not after Sharp Girl and Lava Boy, a family adventure mm -hmm. films. And he goes on to say, he did take a small break from directing, but he still produced and executive produced and co-produced other projects, etc. I can't wait for the new, uh, sorry, um, let me repeat this one again. Uh, can't wait to hear the new upcoming season episodes. Keep up the great work. All the best, Evan. Uh, Evan. Ivan. So thank you, Ivan, for uh, dropping a note and saying how we were both wrong and right. Yeah, <laughs> we I mean, appreciate it. It's very nice when people do help correct us when we make a mistake. <laughs> and it's even better when they're nice about it. Yes. <laughs> although, although I would have been a okay as well if it said you guys are fucking wrong. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I'm glad that we the few emails that we do get. Everybody has been at least cordial enough with us and yeah, not having to roast yeah. our nuts over an open fire. Hey, so, even that, even that letter, if you remember to that letter <laughs> involving my opinions about Ghostbusters <laughs> afterlife was, yeah, like, that, you know, I mean, it, 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 I, I it certainly wasn't an insulting letter. I did love it. You know, right. I mean, <laughs> hey, you know what? The, the thing is about the internet and, everything and we we touch upon this with the, the toxic fandom with everything there are still nice people out there oh, yeah. uh, and people who kind of like okay we can have different varying degrees of opinions when it comes to you know things but we can still be nice about it we don't have to be dicks oh and yeah cunts about it. i will say this the day comes we do get that kind of letter Oh boy! Look out! <laughs> we're, we're 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 not going to hold it back on that one. I mean, you know, we're all about friendly ribbing, but once when it gets personal, look out! <laughs> well, let's hope it never comes to that. I know. I don't. I hope it doesn't either. But you know, you got you always got to be well prepared for those things. <laughs> right. Right. So, Christopher, looking ahead to next month, we'll be hitting the high seas with two horror films that may or may not give everyone seasickness. They are. The 1980 film Death Ship, which can be found streaming for free on Tubi and also available on Amazon Prime. And Ghost Ship from 2002, which is available to rent and purchase on multiple streaming services. Or you can be old school like us and try to find the DVDs. So, watch along with us and let us know what you think. So, for Chris Candy, I'm Tim Kaza. Thank you for listening to THSP and have a great night. Thanks for listening to THSP Season 10. Oh, son of a bit, son of a bit, son of a bit, 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 a gun. <laughs> you thought I was gonna say as this, son of a bitch, didn't you? <laughs> That's all, folks.